This is David Mack. You are listening to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Excelsior. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. People talk about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the master of disaster, Josh45. Hello. And the second suitor, Mr. Tyler Brown. Hi there. And I'm CBS. Also, hi there. Yes, you are, CBS. Even on a second take. <laughs> Man. <laughs> uh, since today, we are doing episode number 187. And the books we're going to be going over is Duo number one from DC Comics. This is part of the uh, Earth M imprint. And Grimm from Boom Comics number one. And Devil's Reign Omega. Uh, from Marvel Comics, the wrap-up of the uh, Devil's Reign series. And then after that, we'll have an interview from uh, the uh, Rhode Island Comic Con 2021 with uh, Greg Racine and James Fox from the book Ocular Shift. Uh, it's one of the last interviews we have from the Rhode Island Comic Con. Uh, I want to thank those guys for putting up with us, taking as long as to get it out as it, as it did. But before all that, we'll do a little bit of news. What's in the news? What's in the news? You guys got any news over there? I do. Do you want to go first? You want me to, oh, yeah, start. I mean, you can, right? I mean, I can go first. Uh, first Batman comic. The infamous Detective Comics number 27, 1939. Uh, just sold for $1.74 million this weekend. Oh, my God, another one? Yes, another one. It was only graded, I think it's 6.5. Okay. Uh, this is one of 36 ex- existing samples of the Golden Age comic, and only six others with a higher grade of 6.5, the auction said. So. So even in 6.5 grade, it's still a very expensive book, not mm-hmm. that it shouldn't be, because uh, what it is, and there just isn't that many even in the world. But yeah, those grade points between A and B, man, it's a lot of difference when it comes to mm-hmm. value. In- Interesting enough, other things that were sold at this auction, uh, Vehicle once owned by rapper Tupac Shakur, an outfit uh, worn by Prince, and a 1966 driver's license signed by Jim Morrison. Oh, crazy. What an eclectic group of things to sell at an auction. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> mix. And it's a, I was like, wow. So That's what happened at an auction. That's what I said. I was like, man, got some cool merch, man. Yeah, yeah. Some cool, cool things to bid on. Go ahead. As far as new stuff, uh, so Weird Al Yankovic is teaming up with uh, Z2 Comics, um, and they are putting together a book titled The Illustrated Al, The Songs of Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, It's a graphic novel that uh, is taking some of what they call Al's Yankovisions and turning them into art uh, art representations. Uh, So the book's going to be based on a bunch of his videos and songs, so that it's based off of the, um, probably a bunch of them that didn't get videos, but I'm sure some that did. Uh, but it's going to be released as a soft cover and a hardcover. Um, and there's a deluxe hardcover. So this is where things get crazy. So there's two different versions of the deluxe hardcover. There's a version that is going to be signed by Weird Al. And the deluxe hardcovers come with like a wax pack of trading cards, a batch of art prints. Um, what was the other thing? There was something else that was kind of crazy. Oh, uh, a set of coasters, like drink coasters. And then uh, a vinyl slip mat. So, like, uh, I guess you could use it for a keyboard or something. Uh, but, yeah, so that whole thing is uh, a fairly big 
fairly big package. Like, there's pictures of it online. The cover looks pretty cool. But, like, uh, as far as interesting stuff, uh, the, there was an article I read in Weird Al, so his whole year, his multiple years in the in music industry have all led him to make a graphic novel that's what he wanted the entire time. So it's like, it's a funny interview. Really? But, yeah, it's a, it means him being Weird Al, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, all my other accolades, this is what I really wanted. Yeah. Uh, but they've got a list of artists that's longer than my uh, my arm that are working on it. So, like, it's a whole ton of people. You don't have very long arms. I mean, when you compare them to just writing names, it's I, not... I'm, it's a lot. I thought it was funny. Oh, no, you're good. <laughs> but, yeah, as far as, like, artists, I mean, Mike Allred and his wife are both on it. So, like, it'll be really cool to see what it winds up being when it all comes out. Um, they didn't have the price point listed for any of it yet. And I didn't, they didn't actually have a release date listed either. But Z2's done a batch of other books with... Uh, different celebrities and different um, musicians and stuff. I mean, they, they did a Black Sabbath book, and there's a whole handful of other ones that they've done, so it'll be really cool to see whenever it comes out. I mean, I think that's pretty neat. i got one more piece of Weird Al news. You want to do something else first? Uh, Blue Beetle set pictures reveal Cobra Kai's Zolo... Oh, man, I'm going to butcher this last name. Maraduena? Maraduena? In comics accurate costume. Um, so I just took a look at these photos and I, I actually thought they looked pretty, pretty good. Um, yeah, they do. Yeah. I'm excited. I think, I think Blue Beetle's cool even though it's not, um, Ted. Ted. But I, I do think it, it looks pretty neat. You're not even excited? That's the, that's the kid from. I like the kid. I just don't, I don't like that, that Blue Beetle. He's not my Blue Beetle, so. Yeah, I like that. I like that actor too, though, the kid. Like, he's great. I Cobra like the kid. Kai. I just, like, I, I mean, I, and I get why they brought in a younger Blue Beetle in because Ted was dead at the time, but like, he's not dead anymore and he's like way funnier. Yeah. I kind of wonder if we'll get both of them because they've done that in the comic books a few times recently and we've actually had, there was a series going on, I don't know, maybe. So is this a TV show or a movie? I think it's coming to HBO Max. But is it a TV show or a movie? I think it's a movie, HBO Max movie. Because Batgirl, they're still decide they're deciding on the th- whether it's going to be theatrical or correct HBO Max as well. Same thing, yeah. Which leads me into my bit of news. Are you done with that? That I'm done with that, yeah. So um, Warner Brothers is extremely frustrated with the lack of DC projects from J.J. Abrams. Um, they signed a five year contract with Bad Robot, and which I think it's. Not yeah, it's B- bad robot. Bad robots is and they have company. not put anything out yet, and it's three years into it. Oh my god! He it, interesting piece of news I was going to bring up on the other podcast, but he just signed with Disney, or at least JJ did specifically to do a uh, speed racer for Disney Plus. So a I'm TV show, a TV show, yeah, for to release for Disney Plus. But I'm with you. Like this, this contract's been going for a while, and they haven't released anything. Wow, three years. <clears throat> so, there was there was talks well, of him redoing Superman, and he, he was yep. supposed to do the entire Dark Justice League stuff. It was supposed to be oh, like that's right, Zatanna, Justice League Dark, yeah, yeah. Zatanna. Well, that that particular book's got the book has Swamp Things, Zatanna, right? And, no, I'm, well, I'm saying he, there was going to be a Zatanna movie and or show, and there was going to be um, a Constantine movie and or show. And there's wow. all sorts of stuff, and nothing's come of it yet. And like they did, they did talk about doing a Superman movie, but with the Superman from Earth, what? Oh, they're 28. Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Man, sounds and crazy. None of, none, none, I mean, there's been scripts for some things, but they said there's nothing happened. But then the guy that's in charge, 
He was trying to trim a bunch of stuff because they did cancel the the um yeah, the, the Wonder Twins film. The, the new guy coming in from Discovery, he, basically. He's supposed to like trim three billion dollars from the budget. Well, he's trimmed so far because they've had like three or four executives just bounce, which is good because that's what they need. They need new people in those positions for sure. So he's a quite he's 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 achieving something. But I'm with you, Josh. Hopefully, Bad Robot can. Well, they need to do something. I mean, if yeah. they don't do anything for five years, that's uh, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Well, I mean, if but if people if executives keep canceling scripts and not a oh no yeah scripts yeah like, as far as that I mean you know, like they, he's just signed on to produce like for them to produce five to for five years to be a producer on for DC for some something. way shape or form but like but nothing's happened yeah that's a good point though but again where, where's all the red people, tape yeah. because they obviously somebody uh, obviously. There's people in positions that are creating garbage mm-hmm. output mm-hmm. because it took what to get a Snyder cut of the Justice League movie. Right. It took what you know. I mean, there's this, there's supposedly a Suicide Squad Air director's cut. cut. That's I mean, come on. Why yeah. are we Why are we having to fight for like director's cuts of things? You yeah. Know? Right. Should have been DVD extras or Blu-ray extras. Should have been something in the world already. Streaming options. What? No, should be, they should be giving the the writers and directors like like full full. They should let rights. them make yep. the films that they want to make. Mm-hmm. Because you know what they're doing in Marvel and DC. That's exactly or Marvel and Star Wars exactly right now. What they're doing. Yeah, they're making action figures of John Favreau. Did you guys see I that? I saw today? that. It's so cool. No, He's a Mandalorian. Crazy. They're making a Mandalorian figure pull, of John Favreau because, because he's so, so cherished cool. and so loved. That's what you do. You give somebody complete control of of the situation that loves the product, and they put it out what they because they, they love and they don't want to mess it up. Right. Yeah. When it comes to like landing on people to do things, yeah, it just seems more willy nilly over there, like what they're doing. Well, and ho- again, hopefully that you, with with uh, you know what's uh discovery coming in here you go hopefully with discovery coming in that they can fix a lot of things isn't that awesome that's awesome it's you. so cool so, yeah supposedly it's oh there you go there's a full body one that's yeah cool. i don't i don't know the release is going to be part of um the star wars celebration no another a di- another convention because celebration is already over oh yeah it happened yeah i did you're right it happened a couple weeks ago or maybe last week it happened last week or did they move it again? No, it happened last it's, week. It's in the, you can do, it's a, you can, certain things can pre-order. I don't know, like I was reading about it, but like, I don't know like where all it's going to be released, but. It looks cool. I mean, I remember there's the George Lucas Stormtrooper. Right. I have no interest in that, but. No, like, yeah. I haven't, I, like, I mean, if I could get a, my hands on John Favreau. You need sure. that. Because he's awesome. It'd yeah. be hilarious. Well, and, and you're right. That That's exactly what DC needs to do. And obviously Walter Hamada, you know, had a big, big thing with that. He's in the news as well. He was a part of the, the trial. I guess he showed up on the stand, but via whatever you really? call it. Really? Yeah. Uh huh. That's funny. Why? Well, her, 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 uh, we don't need to talk about that. Anyways, um, it, it, it's interesting, Josh, just like you said, what DC has done to tie directors and creators' hands. It's, it really is. And we've talked about it multiple times on both our, both of these. Cause somebody is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Some, somebody or some buddies are, are tying the hands of these characters who were like, this, Marvel has, go- Marvel has shown that all you have to do is follow scripts that are already written. They've basically given you storyboarded scripts, like thousands and thousands of storyboarded scripts that are successful. Right. And with the technology that we have, there should be no excuses why you can't make 
a really, really, really good comic book film. Right. No excuses. No. I agree. Yeah. Because I was listening to an interview today about the new Jurassic World movie, and like, um, I don't whoever directed. I don't. Remember, I don't like it. Um, Trevor. Ver- to, I'll get it. Anyway, the the massive the massive goal in this film was, to, I guess, like. 80 or 80 percent of the dinosaur shots are all uh animatronic and not cgi nice oh, that's cool yeah which like i uh colin trevorrow I, yeah I so it, yeah. supposedly like 80 to 90 like it, it's a lot a very large percentage of like the the shots are animatronic dinosaurs that's awesome and they're like it, the technology has gotten so good that like they're like oh my gosh like the, the like it's just you wouldn't you would never and I'm like, that's that's pretty awesome that they, they can do that now. Like, I mean, remember like going all the back to the regular original Ninja Turtles movie, and it took those guys like, like so many like tons and tons of hours to get into the suits. And by the last one, they were like, oh yeah, it's like no big deal. It's but like, they right. look, but they looked amazing. I mean, yeah, yeah but, the, but, but by the time they did Turtles in Time or whatever, yeah. it all looked just as good. I like Turtles in Time. No, no, I do too. But like, <laughs> I like that one. I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not saying it's progressive. I'm just saying, I'm just saying yeah. it was easier, like, because to so, get in because by the time yeah. they got that far. The technology's gotten so good. It was like, oh yeah, we don't have to take twenty hours 20 to get hours into a suit or whatever. You know what I mean? It's just like it's awesome. It's just, like, it's just like the Hobbits in Lord of the Rings are talking about how like putting their feet on. Yeah, and then like mm-hmm. by the time they did the Hobbit films, they like they created shoes that like yeah. do the exact same thing. They didn't have to wear glue anymore, mm-hmm. right? You know, so it's just like yeah, it, I, you know, like things it, excel at such a rapid pace now that like there's. I mean, look at Black Adam. Yeah. I mean, Black Adam looks awesome. It does. Looks, I mean, uh, I'm very excited. It'll be interesting to see what that what it winds up being because it looks really cool. Like all those costume shots we've seen look really cool. Well, and that was one of the things that I had read was talking about what it was talking. An article I had read talked about the guys coming in from Discovery saying, "Hey, you guys are just are not, you know." Utilizing this DC brand to its potential because they're not, but. Right. Well, maybe with the merger there, they'll get some clearer heads over there to do things. I really hope so. I really do. Crazy nonsense. Restore the Snyderverse. Yeah. Mm, I don't think that's going to happen. Stop it. Don't, mm. don't, don't. No. Well, I mean. Don't crush my dreams like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, honestly, like, they're, they're kind of talking like going as far back as doing a Man of Steel 2, which would be yeah. almost, almost be Nolan. Well, I mean, he had a big hand Nolan, in the production. Yeah. yeah. Jonathan wrote it, didn't he? I don't remember that. I think Jonathan. I think his brother wrote it. Well, as far as other movie style stuff, so I got one more piece of Weird Al news. So they're doing a Weird Al biopathy. 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 Yeah. That's how you say it. No, that's not biopathy. Biopathy. Yeah, I think that's how you say it. Is it? Bo biopic. Biopic. It's a bi- uh, biopic. Biopic. Yeah. Well, it's got Daniel Radcliffe playing the part of Weird Al. Right. And it's uh being directed by Eric Apple. Yeah, we talked about this a bunch of times. There's already a trailer out for. Her. Well, there is. I, we didn't talk about it on this podcast. We did not. Are yeah. Sure? Positive. Correct. Well, it's not really comic booky, so. Well, because of his comic book coming out, it all that's fits together. That's what he's saying. It all fits together. But yeah, so as far as the thing, that should be pretty neat. I mean, the pictures of Daniel dressed up like Red Al are pretty funny. So, I think, I think it's going to cool. be very parody-ish because, like, it makes it seem like all the other crazy, like, musical character biopics where they got these crazy, like, Tragic, like, upbringings and all this kind of stuff. And it just, like, shows him, like, <laughs> being, like, being super just ab- abused or, like, at certain points being, like, 
strung out on drugs and having all sorts of women and stuff around him. Like it looks pretty hilarious. I, I think they're going to make, yeah. f- because what he does is makes fun of like a, a regular song. So they're going to, I think what they're going to do is like make this whole thing making fun of the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. Which is hilarious to me. It looks, it looks like it'd be fun. You have something else, Tyler? Uh, MCU gods are hiding in love and thunder. So if, Couple, couple things people have spotted. Uh, Lady Death, Eon, Eternity, The Watcher, and The Living Tribunal. Wow. Not necessarily the characters I saw one that was, um, it looks like Jane Foster's Thor, um, doing something in like a room. And I remember I, I paused it and I saw that, well, I saw a video about it and they paused it and showed big statues and one of them was definitely a Watu and one of them was definitely The Living Tribunal. So, so cool. Might necessarily be characters, but they're, yeah, at least appearances. I mean, just like the heads on the. We've seen we've seen the Watcher before. Yeah, there's fallen three of them in. Oh, that's right. Galaxy, but we but we don't know that's a Watu. No, yeah. As far as which one it is, yeah, the one that was, t- does Stan Lee not talk to one by himself in a post credit scene? Mm-mm. There's three of them in that scene. They're all three. three. Yeah, and that's like a mid credit scene. In yeah, the... it was one they one they catches in. Is the that credits. Guardians too? I think so, but I can't remember I for remember. sure. But that's what it is, yeah, and it's him talking to the, the three of them, though. Or is it Infinity War when they're going through... I don't think it's Infinity War. No, it's not. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's Guardians. It's Guardians, yeah. It's one of the Guardians movies. Yeah. Um, so as far as like some comic book news, uh, so there's been a new date released for the uh, DC book, The New Champion of Shazam, uh, which is going to be starring Mary Marvel. Uh, it's being written by uh, Jose Campbell, and it's being drawn by Doc Shaner, which I think that's freaking awesome. Uh, it's a mini series. It's gonna, the issue one's gonna come out August 2nd. Um, so the result of the things that happened in Teen Titans Academy that's getting ready to come out, um, Billy Batson's powers are gone. And, uh, as far as inheriting it, because his are gone, so is Mary's. And now the torch is being passed in a, uh, in an interesting mini series. So the book's gonna be dealing with like her going the first year of college and trying to decide whether to be this power person or not. So the, the few covers that come out look really cool. I mean, it's a, it's a Shazam-style story, but yeah, with the stuff that's happening right now with Billy, this is going to be the aftermath of it. So that should be pretty neat as a thing. Um, I got one more bit about actual comic books. And, um, do you guys have anything else? I am out of news, sir. All right. Uh, so as far as new stuff, well, this I guess is not comic book news, actually. It's not. It's... Yeah, it's movie news again. That's right. Anyway, uh, so Tim Burton's Adam Family spinoff series has given, been given a release window over on uh, Netflix. Uh, they're saying it's going to be uh, it released in the fall. The show is uh, supposed to be a, like a coming-of-age show following Wednesday Adams. It's eight episodes se- as a series, and it's going to center around her first year at uh, the Nevermore Academy. Hmm. Uh, so it's supposed to have, it's, it's gonna be supernatural f- flavored, uh, with a mystery involving a serial killer that's been hunting the city. So, uh, as far as the thing, um, they're talking about her coming into powers as well. So. Wednesday? Yes. Oh, really? So apparently it's gonna be her developing some type of abilities. I think they're supposed to be psychic abilities, but as far as the thing, I think that's really cool. We're getting an Adam's family thing and we're getting a monster. The monsters, thing, yeah. And they're like happening. Not exactly the same time, but I think it's cool that both things are happening. Soon, yeah. So yeah, so that one's supposed to be sometime this fall. They didn't have a date for it. They just and, 
Tim, give it a window. Tim Burton's attached to it? Tim Burton's the one making nice. it. Nice, very cool. So it's, uh, they had a poster show up at, uh, I think Cam of basically Wednesday holding a knife and it's got the fall. Is it Christina Ricci? I mean, I don't think, no. I think she's too old to pull it Casting off. Casting wise, but. they don't, I don't really know who's cast as the part. And the poster didn't have face, it was like, uh, shoulders down to date. Okay. With her holding a knife. So Christina Ricci was so good though. Oh she no, was she was great. great. Like age wise, if they were doing like an adult Wednesday. Oh yeah, that, sure. That now that would cool. be perfect. Yep. But like, as far as what this is supposed to be, it's dealing with her being at the academy, so it's got to be, I don't know, I, I would assume maybe... 13, 14, something like that. Years, yeah. Maybe, uh, well, since it's coming of age, it's got to be a teenage years yeah. one. So maybe think like uh, high school, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, similar to the age of Sabrina and the Sabrina show when they did that. I liked Sabrina. Yeah, me too. Who was the talking cat? Oh, gosh. I liked the cat. Salem. Yeah, Salem. that yeah, was yeah. it. I liked that. Did you know, you heard about the the Warner the CW Red Wedding? Oh, uh huh. They're calling it the Red Wedding. What's that? They canceled like ten shows. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I heard about the shows getting canceled. I didn't realize they were calling it that though. Yeah. You know what they need to cancel? That stupid looking Gotham Knights new thing. Have you read the character list on that? Uh huh. There's nobody from Batman comic. Like nobody. Like I I, uh, literally, Harvey Dent was the only name I recognized. Well, they canceled everything except the Flash. Yeah, I, I saw that. What uh, Heroes of Tomorrow? Legends, yeah. Or Legends of Tomorrow, Batwoman. Right. Well, that was a right. That was kind yeah. of already on its way out. What else did they cancel? Um, CBS is me really upset about this. But they canceled Riverdale. Riverdale, yeah. Mm-hmm. They canceled. Oh, I canceled like 15 shows. I saw that, that's what yeah. they said. I, most of them I don't, I mean, I don't, I, I, to be honest, I never even watched The Flash, so I don't. The Flash is good. I'm sure it is. But. Yeah, I like that. Flash is, Flash is fun. Flash is good. Arrow's good. Too. I didn't watch any of the Arrowverse stuff. Like, I didn't watch, like, I, there's no way I want to watch Riverdale. I'm not, yeah, I'm not, I'm not really interested in that. I mean, as much as I like, like, teen comedies, but it wasn't a comedy, it was a drama. Sure. It's weird that CBS liked it so much. I'm surprised. Like, <laughs> it's not, I did watch most of the first season. That's true. You really got all about it. it. No, I was watching it. I did like the mystery of it. That's true. But I was watching it because Sabrina was coming out, and the Sabrina stuff looked awesome, and it was awesome. And the two they things canceled that too. The two things, yeah, they did. But they're they were they were connected, but not connected. And like the only thing that's really sad is like the Legends thing. I'm disappointed in a little bit because I do like that show. But, like, one of the craziest things about that is that they were just talking about adding new characters, and, like, there were characters we thought were cool to add, like, Donald Faison, Booster Gold, that's cool. Well, he was already, they already filmed all this stuff. Well, but the show's been canceled already. Yeah, but I think that, like, his, his stuff already came out. So whatever out. he did already came out? I guess I didn't realize that. I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know. Yeah, well, they ended with a cliffhanger. I don't know why if they, if you filmed all their stuff and you already put all the money into the filming it and, like, putting it, like, why wouldn't you just, like, release it? So obviously, like, they've, have released it. I don't, I, yeah, I don't know. I think that they, he was just, he wanted them to like pick it back up so they could like do more stuff. Cause they were talking about like doing, he's like, he was trying, cause him and Zach Braff were like good friends with like one of the main guys over there. Right. But like, I, there's a lot of talk about a lot of those DC shows Reach, getting uh, revamped. HBO Max. Getting revamped and put, put on D- HBO Max. All I've right. heard that about Legends of Tomorrow, actually. So, Legends of Tomorrow canceled. Batwoman canceled. Naomi, after two, after one season, canceled. Legacies canceled. Dynasty canceled. Charmed canceled. 
Roswell, New Mexico canceled in the dark, canceled 4,400 canceled. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, Riverdale. And, oh yeah, that's, yeah, Riverdale. Yeah, there's a lot. I didn't realize the 4,400 was still going. Yeah. Yeah, like half those I don't, I don't think were still, I think a bunch of those were canceled already. Hmm. I feel like Roswell was big. Roswell, canceled. New Mexico is a different thing. Roswell, New Mexico is a different thing, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, it's been canceled for a long time. What? Well, I don't know. Half those shows make sense. I don't know. There's a the whole group of those I've never even seen before. But yeah, Naomi, ah, they greenlit that thing to have a TV show as soon as the comic book came out. Mm-hmm. And the comic book only got popular on the internet because it was under-ordered because stories had no faith in it. Hmm. So like, it automatically went overnight to being like a chasey, chasey book. And the story was fine. I mean, the story of the first miniseries was good. The new one that's happening now, I haven't read it all, so I don't really know. But the first one was neat. I mean, she was a new character out of nowhere, and like how they connected her to the Thanagarians was pretty cool. It really wasn't good at all. No, it was all right. Okay. No, it was. It was okay. all right. Okay. But the only reason it got as popular as it did is because it was heavily underordered. It, that's the only reason why. Like, yeah. You, you were like you had a bunch of extra copies, and so we were going to sell them on eBay, and we did sell some on eBay actually. Um, this because nobody cared about it. But mm-hmm. like. I read it and I was like, this is terrible. Why do people want this? But it was a new character and people, it was like Chasey because they, they yeah. people want things that have new characters in them. That's true. Yeah. Anyway, so as far as a character being a TV show automatically, I think that was, that was a real miss for him, really. I never watched the show either, so I guess I don't know. Maybe the show is okay, but their outings for Batwoman, I did watch the first, most of the first season of it, and ah, oh, it was such it was a rough. dumpster fire. I yeah. heard it was bad. It was so horrible. That's, That's with Ruby Rose, right? Yeah. And then they recast her because she quit. Right. Well, the girl they had playing the sister, Alice, like she was great. Was she? Yeah. Everybody next to her looked terrible. Mm-hmm. Like Ruby Rose, nothing was great about that show, dude. No, the Alice character was good. No. The rest of what, yeah, okay. she was. The yeah, it's per- it is personal opinion, but nobody that show was t- terrible. I don't think you watched that much of it. I watched the entire season. Oh, okay. Did you like Birds of Prey when it came out? The original show? Yes. No. I didn't think so. Yeah. No. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I didn't think so. Oh, yeah, it wasn't good. But it was It was so different. Mm-hmm. Like, it didn't connect. It literally connected to nothing. That's and what like, I'm talking about with this Gotham Night show, dude. There's yeah. nothing. Literally, I read the list of characters, and I was like, that's not a real person. That's not a And that's like with Harvey Dent. I was like, what's what's the point? Yeah. Would you say that you're batman out? No, I'm not Batman. No, I want there to be <laughs> Batman characters in it. There are none. That's the problem. There are none. There's no Batman characters. You will never find me batman out, Josh. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Well, the world's batman out. No, it's just, it's just so you. True. It's just you. It's just you. All right, so that's all news? That's all the news I have. Okay. Well, in that case, let's move into uh, comic books. All right. Just to let you know, this is so our first book for the night, or for the episode, is uh, Duo, and this again was from the Earth M imprint over DC Comics. Uh, it's written by Greg Pak, and the uh, artist on it is Koi Palm, and this is a, it's a brand new series, so as far as material, it's all new characters and new everything. Uh, when we first open up, we've got uh, a set of hands. Um, one 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 side of the panel says David, and the other side of the panel says Kelly. And it's two people talking. So we find out that it's a, a girlfriend-boyfriend couple, and the two of them are in bed together talking about the, 
how they're so excited about the next step and all their uh, all the stuff they've been working on, and uh, how the two of them care about each other and love each other, blah 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 blah, you know, like normal relationship kind of stuff. And uh, no, I don't tell me about it. You, you're, you're a fool. <laughs> you're a fool. Anyway, so he talks about how he's, he's written her a poem, and anyway, they, they get done with their morning get ready, and then we see them sort of at home, and we get a couple of shots down a hallway while they're, while they're, they're talking. About being, talking. They're talking about being nervous. Really, really nervous. Right. Well, that's, that's the next part. They're really, you're really nervous because they're getting ready to pitch this big th- thing, and while we go down the hallway, we come into a, a room that's like a lab, and it's got this crazy, like, yellow, mushy-looking... I don't know what you'd even call that. It looks like crazy broccoli. It looks like a... T- and it's, it's in like a tank that like has gold a, glitter. Yeah. Right. It's in like a tank that Luke Skywalker would be in after... Right. Yeah. Like a back-to-tank. Back-to-tank, that, yeah. But it's gold-colored. It yes, doesn't it look, is. It doesn't look like glitter in the can. In the can, it looks like sludgier. No, it looks... Yeah, like... It's not glitter. No. It's like you're jumping to the end of the book. Don't listen to me, I know. It's <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, so we kind of find out that we're in San Francisco, and this is Dr. Kelly Wu and Dr. David Kim... And the two of them are walking through, uh, I don't know, like a rundown part of town, and there's all these homeless people and tent vagrants, and um, David winds up giving a, a $100 bill to his bum, and he's like, oh, I can't take that, you, you can't you, you can't give us, give me this, and he's like, oh, don't worry, pretty soon you're all going to be taken care of, we're, fi- we're going to change things, we're going to fix things, everything's better, so you won't even have to worry about it, and the guy's like, oh man, if anybody sees you with this, they're going to want you to give something to everybody, and he's like, don't worry, we're going to take care of everyone. And then we cut from there to the two of them doing a little bit of botany inside of a crazy, like, I don't know, like Stark Tower-looking building. As they're, as they're cutting this piece of limb off, we see him pull out some of the yellow golden sludge. The limb of the plant is what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. They, cut, they cut off one of the limbs. So it's not just like regular like trimming like you do to a bonsai. It's no, yeah. Like what you do to a rose. You like right, snap you off the end, yeah. So he clips a piece off, and they take the sludger stuff out, and it comes out kind of gassy glitter form. Yes. And then it attaches itself to the end where the stem had just been cut off, and the plant starts growing crazy. Like crazy, twisted, gnarled mm-hmm. branches just out of nowhere. And we turn from there to see if there's, they're, they're demonstrating this to a businessman. And the businessman is a dude named Dr. Dr. Marcus Chun. And he's the, uh, director of, uh, director of research for this company they're in there pitching this to. And as he looks at it, studying the, uh, new growth, he talks about it being that he how they're expecting to try to use this on DNA, and how they're expecting to try to use it to regrow humans or parts of people. He kind of calls them out. He's like, "Wait a minute, you guys are planning on doing human testing." Right. <laughs> Wait a minute, I see what's going on here. They're like, "Well, unfortunately, it's decades of development, and we we need lots of money to be able to try to do this thing." And so he looks at it and he's like, "Well, I can see what you're looking to move. There's what you're trying to move forward with." Um, I. I can see the, you know, possibilities for this, because he's clearly like a shrewd business type man. And she's like, well, we don't have the time. And, uh, David, of course, they're, they're trying to get money from the guy, and the guy's like, I mean, you're right, he shakes him down at the very beginning. And he's like, well, every day outside, there's thousands of people this technology could help. People are dying needlessly, because using this technology, if they're able to merge it with DNA and direct it, we'll be able to fix and cure literally everything. And the director guy's like, so you make everybody immortal. That's basically what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah. And, uh, he, he compliments them all for being so smart. And, like, uh, she pulls out a tablet and shows him all the different things that they can do and how they can link everything to, they're planning to link it to a mind so the mind would direct how to use it. Correct. So this DNA sludge glitter stuff 
if a person's mind is driving it, will be able to make it do a particular thing, and that's what their plan is for this new money. And uh, he, of course, tells him, well, yeah, there's a problem there, because, you know, if we're able to fix everybody forever, then that's that's a problem. Right. And, of course, he questions him about being engaged. And uh, as far as the thing, he's like, oh, it's adorable you guys are engaged. And they're both like, um, okay. He offers them a billion dollars. Just for the product just, for them to walk away. Yes, just for them to walk away. And they're like, mm, and the next, go ahead. Yeah, as, when we cut to the next scene, they've come home with the plant, and they're both like, wow, that's the first time I've ever turned down a billion dollars. <laughs> like, that seems like, and they, well, what he wanted was to, he was just going to put it away. And so the, basically they decided to keep the research rather than sell it to him and just take all the money, which, I mean, because they're good people and they're trying to, you know, I don't know, be productive in life or whatever, they didn't take the money, which is crazy. They're trying to, sa- they're trying to save people. I mean, right. it's obvious that they're, they're good people and they're trying they to. They also say, hey, if it's, if, if somebody's are offering us one, it's worth ten. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. They did say that. That yeah. was the next step. Mm-hmm. So when we get to the next room, they're, they're like, it's more valuable than we thought it was. And so they, they play around with it a little more with the headset and, uh, of course, and the two of them, you know, have a makeout session and wind up leaving the room and then we fast forward to the evening. And uh, David's out of bed, and he's walking around the house, and he sees the light on in the lab, and he turns, and there's this dude in there with, like, these crazy long-pointed fingers. You and, need like, to explain what the face of this thing looks like, because yeah, it it's is... It's not a dude. It is so weird. Yeah. It's it's like a weird mask on top of a... The way the head is shaped is bizarre. The face reminds me of a uh, uh, Court of Owls mask, only whiter. Right. But they seem to be aliens of some it's sort. It's very alien in shape because yes. the eyes are very far apart. Uh-huh. And it is like a Court of Owls mask, except whatever it's shrouding is hidden so much in the dark inside this hoodie. And the hoodie itself comes out even like, like a turtle. Like a turtleneck, turtle yeah. yeah. It, they, they're, they're fa- their, their necks are misshapen to the point where they don't come up like human necks. They come like out towards you. They look elongated. Elongated, yeah. So that. like whatever's inside here is either some type of alien or lizard hybrid or something. Because it only has three fingers, too. And they're very sharp. Very and long, sharp fingers. Angular. Yeah. Angular, yeah. But yeah, it's got a full-on utility belt almost. I mean, it yeah. doesn't have a bat symbol, but it's very utility-like. And so he catches this thing in the middle, and it, it, it makes a noise that's like a... Yeah, K's and T's is how all the sound comes out of its mouth. And about that time, you hear this crazy fraboom. And uh, Kim jumps out of the bed, and she comes running down the hallway, and you see the lab is engulfed in flames. And inside the flames is the nanite cloud wrapping around a burning David. And he is like, he's gross burned. Mm-hmm. And like she gets in there, and she tries to get the headset to direct the things what to do to fix him. And the whole room just continues to get more and more engulfed. And the next thing you see is the nanites basically dissolving her. And as her face is melting off, we see his face is melting. And he's like, Kelly, Kelly, not Kim, Kelly. I call her the wrong name. And then we see a giant whoosh of all the uh, particles just everywhere. It's like a golden fire is what yeah. it's like. It, it looks, it's it's bad. It's it's wild. Yeah. And then we cut to for straight black frame. And then from there there's an ad. And then we... Reemerge, and we have a single box whitened out with just a scream in it, like a big ah. But it's not like a vocal projection; it's like a mental projection. And then we see the eyes of David, who is, best I can tell you, completely fine, sitting inside of a hospital bed. And he wakes up, and he's like, "What? What's going on?" And he shoots straight up, and he's like, "Kelly!" And we see that there's a doctor lady in the room, and she's like, "Doctor Kim." See, he's Kim. 
Yeah, that's where I yeah, the, la- the last name was Kim. They were she was going to be a Kim. It's David, yeah, yeah they that's were, right. They were the David Kim. and Kelly. They would have been the Kims. Well, this doctor's like, "Oh, you're awake," and he's like, "Where's Kelly?" And she's like, "Um, Doctor Kim." And we cut from there to a another room later when he's no longer in the bed. He's dressed, you know, in a like suit for the most part. And uh, we're looking at the forensics table, and it has a bunch of pieces of fragments of bones. And uh, the doctor tells him that the dental records that they found. And the ring matched the engagement ring that he had given her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, holding back tears. And then we see the scream again. The ah. And he's like, who's screaming? And the other lady in the room is like, there's no screaming, Dr. Kim. How do you feel? And he's like, this isn't happening. This can't be real. He's like, my whole body feels like it's on fire. And he mentally is thinking about how he feels like he's just trying to jump out of his own skin. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the other little woman in the room, they don't really identify her, but she looks like she must be a forensic psychiatrist or something, because she's got a badge on, and I don't know, she dressed kind of like a detective. Anyway, that doesn't matter. She's like, I know this is difficult, and you need the rest to try to recover from your injuries, and it's, it's crazy that you managed to escape the fire so completely, but she was devastated, the, these random fragments of bone that are left. And he's like, I just wish I knew. She's like, how'd that happen? And he's like, I wish I knew how. I, I wish I knew. And then we cut to him leaving the police station. He asks his forensics at the police station. And he's like, I don't know. I, I'm not stupid. I, I should be dead. And he's like, I know, I know what happened, but I can't do that. I can't tell the detective. Yeah. He knows what happened. He knows exactly what happened. Right. But trying to explain that. But he doesn't want to because he knows that if he does tell him what was going on, like he's going to get basically accosted by every government agent he ever, and they're going like, mm-hmm. to take him into Turn a research. science and, experiment. Mm-hmm. While he's in the parking lot, he looks at his keys, and he stabs himself in the hand with it, and we see a puff of the glitter nanites, glitter nanites um, and his hand just heals, and he's like, oh, this is crazy. And then there's now an ad, in for, now then there's an ad for Batman Fortress. There is. Yeah. He's like, these, these things are just inside of me. So from there, he decides to go to the park, I mean, trying to, I guess, get away from, have a place to think or something. And it, while he has his inner dialogue running, we wind up seeing a couple of these misshapen alien people yeah. but the way they're walking around they, they're and he sees them and just he starts trying to move away from them and he's like oh it's it's those bastards I gotta how they find me and we see the scream the, the ah again and he winds up holding his head and he's like who is screaming what is going on and he's like I gotta get away from these monsters and so he tries to kind of get away from them and he leads them out into the forest and while he's out there he's like yeah, away from children away from the yeah, kids there, there's, he's by a, by a park yeah and so as this is going on, there's still more screaming in his head. And he's like, I, I never wanted to hurt anyone before, but I want to murder these things. Like, I, this screaming, my God, I, these creatures. I, and so he leads them away from the children out to where he's in a forest area and he's surrounded by five of them. And he's like, who the hell are you? Why'd you kill Kelly? And then they take their hoods off. Yes. And they're white. Like, weird. St- they're, they're like, we elongated necks. Their faces still look very court of owls. Yeah, yeah. But they're like, they must be, they have to be aliens. They have to be, yeah. Because the way their necks are shaped and their heads are shaped, everything was blacked out before now is like just alien skin. Mm-hmm. White, they, alien, pale. Right. And they start hissing at him. And then from there, he's like, no. And he starts just throwing punches, and he's, he winds up ripping one of their belts off. And he just starts kind of trashing them, because as he's punching them, he's breaking things. And initially it's the belts, and then now we're just left with them standing there, and their arms all extend, and their fingers turn into, like, blades. Like, they sharpen and extend elongating, and they start cutting the crap out of them. So initially he's doing pretty okay, throwing punches, but 
from there, they all stabbed the crab out of him. Mm-hmm. And now he's bent over in the forest, and he's like bleeding out from being stabbed in the middle. And then all of a sudden, the power, the nanites yeah, inside of him, mm-hmm. he basically winds up using him to direct him like a lightning bolt, and he fries the crap out of him, breaking them down, nullifying them, and like, it shreds them all, and the material from them winds up wrapping around him like a suit. So he basically uses all the material they were made out of, the composition, to create himself Basically a super suit. Yeah, body armor. Yeah, All golden with uh, silver boots. I mean, it looks pretty cool. It does look cool. And so he's like, again, here's the scream. He's like, who who the hell, who do you think, like, what is going on? And then from there, I'm pretty sure this is all mental in his head. And he sees Kelly, and she has a very similar suit. But she's surrounded in this black, like, tar-looking goo stuff, pulling her in. And so for a minute, the two of them are both almost free. And she's like, David... And you, you have to help me. You, you, you don't, don't let me go. Don't, don't leave me. He's like, this isn't real. This is just a dream. And she's like screaming. And her skin isn't colored. Like the way she's kind of got a yellow glow to her, which he sort of does too, I guess. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the process of that, she eventually gets enveloped in the black goo. It, it to me, I don't think it. Well, it, at least I thought it's more like a a, a portal or a alternate dimension kind of com, com, which she's coming out of. The goo is like a like a portal of some sort. Right. Well, all this I think is in his head. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's yeah. all mental. Yeah. I don't think any of this is in the physical world. Because once she's eventually finally pulled back in, he flashes back outside. And now he's sitting in the forest again, and it's like the two of them are having a conversation. And one of the last things she says to him is, "Who do you think did this to us?" And like the entire time the two of them are talking, they're trying to figure well, out because he's a, he's like I know I can go to get like get help, and he's like who? and she's like who? no, don't go there. You know that's who did that to us. Well, she like, talks who? about him. He's talking about going back to the businessman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she's like, who do you think did this to us? And she says that he's dead, not her. Right. Which I thought was interesting. Yeah, it's a weird like the way they talk to each other in there. Like who's actually driving what is kind of weird. Yes. Uh, well, she explained like she like by by her saying hey save him. They took all the DNA from her to, to save right. him. Whenever she was directing, she gets a headset on, and we see that. But it, the way we learned about this earlier is that it needs other elements to build whatever it's building. So it basically just drained all of her to fix and save him, thus by putting the two of them in the same body, because it kept her consciousness. Mm-hmm. So they're both intertwined in the same body, hence the title Duo. Duo! duo. Dun, dun, dun. Exactly. So from there, we cut to... I don't know, a city drop, and we rejoin the businessman in his office, and of course, here comes the, the click, 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 click alien guys. He's basically upset at them for not having captured David, and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to have to warn the family, we're going to have to call a family meeting about this. And we see him open what looks like a window, and basically walk out onto a set of clouds, and he's like, oh, humans are the worst to deal with. We're never going to be able to save this world. And then we see him surrounded by a bunch of other people in the clouds, and they all look like, I don't know, maybe demigods? They call them the Immortals. And so I don't recognize any of these characters myself, but I kind of wonder if they're supposed to be based on something else. Uh, because we, the look of them, we got one guy who's got a bunch of black, like a black dude with a bunch of black, like a bunch of crazy golden armor on him. And we've got one that looks like a, I don't know, a Tibetan monk. And another one looks like a priest, and one looks like a Viking. And so he's like, well, this is going to be a job for the real immortals. And that's where the book wraps at the, at the end of the first issue. So clearly whatever this dude's done with these alien things has something to do with these immortal characters. And he's more worried the entire time the business meeting is going on even. 
when he starts calling them out, he's basically like worried about them turning humans mortal. And that's what he's, mm-hmm. what he's initially upset about, why he offers the money in the first place. But it says, right of, rise of the, if, like, the, it says next, rise of the immutables. Yeah, I don't know what that means. What is like, immutable? What is that? Mean? Yeah, I don't know either. The tagline is that like a, is that like a random like DC's way of creating mutants? I don't know. I mean, we've had mutants already. They had Bang Babies for a while, and then we had God, what was the other one they called them? They used to call them uh, you just say metahumans. No, yeah, Bang Babies were from the Static Shock stuff, but they're basically metahumans just with a different tagline. Like when they did it in Static Shock, there was a an explosion that caused a wave that had all this material go out into the world, and if you were affected by it, you transformed or whatever. Anyway, it's for primarily been metahumans, which is basically mutants. Just, uh, hmm. Okay. But yeah, I don't know what that means either. Um, I know, as far as an individual book, I mean, art's pretty good in it. It's pretty high sci-fi. I mean, part of it's a little simple. I don't know, I give it a two. Like, it was, it was a, f- I didn't hate reading it, and like the aliens are interesting. So like what it really means and what these other god things are, I'm interested enough to see another issue, but I don't think I score it more than a... I don't know, the art is really good, though. Really? I liked it, man. Really? Mm. Yeah, I liked it. I like the way the aliens look. <clears throat> I give it a two. Um, Mr. Brown? Yeah, I'm going to give it a two as well. Um, I'm not as... I'm not as high on it. Um, it's definitely it, it. It's going in the right place, and I, I like some of it. I, I wouldn't say there's anything spectacular about it. There's nothing amazing. Um, it's uh, it, it 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 it's okay. Um, I was I, I can't believe you think the art's really good. I kind of think it's, yeah, it's kind of plain. It's not that I that I that I think it's odd that you think that the art's good. I think that it's weird that you say that the art, you think the art's really good. Compared to other stuff, man, I like it just fine. <laughs> it's, I don't know, all the stuff that they draw, I don't, I don't have any problem with it. I mean, look at this guy's, like, look at that right there. Okay, that particular that, shot's but, not but great. The, a lot of it's that way, though. Yeah, I think yeah. it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very muted and not very detailed, and it, I, it's, it's very unremarkable. The story's fine. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, I'll give it, a, I'll give it two. Forty-five. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why I'm going to give it this this level. One, because I think the art's not good at all, but they, in no way, shape, or form, do they like discuss it. Like the guys drawing these, or I guess I don't know if it's a guy or not, but they're supposed to be Asian, and like some some scenes they're not, and some scenes they are, which is very weird, and I. I don't know. I, I I give it maybe a one and a half. Like I, it's pretty disappointing. Like it's a pretty unoriginal like title, and I don't I don't like the costume at all. The golden uniform. Yeah, I, at all. I, uh-huh. I, I the golden uniform I think is terrible, and especially because like he had. I know that it's because he's wearing like a his jacket, and then like when he does the thing like the the. The costume comes on him, but the jacket doesn't go away. So, like, him wearing, like, it's almost like he's wearing a suit jacket, like, over the top of his, like, golden costume. Uh, that is a little weird, I guess. And I'm like, why did everything else shred and disappear yeah. except for the, the one, the the one thing? I don't know. There's just, like, there's just so as much about it. As long as he's not wearing the jacket in the second issue when he's doing things, then if they make it part of the regular costume, okay, I'd be a little, little more disappointed. Because he does have it on the cover, too. 
Uh, yeah, that jacket part is a little weird. It's like Wolverine's from last episode. It's like the Wolverine suit coat. Like, why? Okay, that's a little weird. I don't really think about that that much. Yeah, there's just, there's a lot about it. And, like, these characters that I don't, like, this one of the dudes looks like a weird, like, Revolutionary War guy. Well, yeah. And I'm like, oh, okay. I don't know. I just, I, I wasn't impressed. Uh, the writing was kind of lame. So, yeah, I was very unimpressed. One and a half, is that what you say? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, from there, we move on to Grimm. Mr. Brown, you want to tell us a story about Grimm? I will. So this is Grimm, number one, by Boom Comics. Um, it is written by Stephanie Phillips and illustrated by Flavin, ooh, Flavi, Flaviano. Flaviano. So our first panel is a guy, um, we, or excuse me, we see a set of keys. Uh, looks like it's, you know, drowning in some water. And these really, really cool, like, um, words are kind of coming out of nowhere and it says all our, uh, all our times have to come. Our next panel is the guy, um, we can see kind of on ice, a man on ice and the kind of a, a car sinking into the water. And, uh, he says, but, uh, I can't read that far. Here, but now they're gone. Seasons don't fear the Reapers. So fear the Reapers kind of playing in the background. Um, and we see this, this man and he's kind of coming to from what appears to be a, an accident snowing and it's really, really dark. And he's kind of like, huh? And then all of a sudden he sees this white light and he says, who, 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 who the hell's car? And then you see, come on, baby, don't fear the reaper. Yeah. And he says, oh, that's my car. And then we see, he kind of can see the car, um, that wasn't the other car that was not in the accident. He says, it looks like the only thing I won't have to replace is the radio because the car's just. Oh, yeah. The front is all metal. Totaled. Yeah. It's bad. He says, I should have taken an Uber. I'm lucky to be alive. And he looks up and he kind of sees this red kind of off of his face. And we see this woman carrying this giant scythe. She's covered in black. And she says, funny thing is, you're not saying that he's not alive. Right. <clears throat> From there, we get this awesome title page. It's a full sprawl on two pages. It just says grim. Um, I really enjoy it. It's very gritty, very cool looking. Uh, he says, uh, wait, what the hell are you talking about? And she says, Brian Michael Andrews. You're dead. He says, and Halloween was two months ago. Who are you? How did I get here? She says, my name is Jessica Harrow, and I'm a reaper. And you're a soul. He says, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. I'm right here. He says, you're not wrong. You're crazy. How could I possibly? And he starts running away. And he just flattens himself. He kind of trips and falls. And she says, she says, dead? He says, no, no, no. I was just drunk. I'm drunk. And this isn't real. It's time to go home. He says, I don't understand. Uh, oh, she says, sorry. She says, it's time to go home. He says, I don't understand what's going on here. Was there something in my drink? I'm hallucinating. And I'll just wake up in my bed. She goes, no, you can't go back now. Follow me. He says, no. Kind of looks at her and he's like, no, this isn't happening. And he just bolts and tries to take off. And Jessica's like, hey. He says, she says, he says, stay the heck away from me. And she says, you can't run from death. And she kind of puts down her scythe. And he starts running, and immediately he runs into the water where he just was. So he, it's kind of like surreal dream, like right where he was before. Right. She says, you don't understand. The hard part's already over. This doesn't have to be difficult. Everyone dies. 
he kind of drops to the ground and kind of starts to sob a little bit. But he says, but I promise you, she says, I promise you, but you don't have to be afraid of one next, what comes next because you're not doing it alone. Um, you are a soul, and the next phase of your existence is about to begin. The transition is complete, completely natural, and not one to fear. He says, I bet you say that to all your souls. And she says, I do. It's my job. Get in. They get into a boat. That's right where the water was off this dock. And he says, you know, I just, I did just die. You could work on your bedside manner a little. And she says, not the first time I've heard that. He says, there's a time for every, she says, there's a time for everything, I guess. He says, sorry, there's a time for everything, I guess. You know, I wasn't even supposed to be there tonight at that bar, I mean. From there, she starts uh, taking her scythe and using it as a oar and starts, you know, moving, moving the boat. Uh, he says, but Abigail was there, my ex. I really messed things up with her, and she was just perfect, really, really perfect. I went to see her to tell her I was sorry, but I guess that doesn't matter now, now that I'm dead. So the ice starts to crack with uh, Jessica's scythe in the in the ice, and he goes, is that supposed to be happening? And there's this red kind of crack coming through, and you see kind of the ice just starting to dissipate, and from there it gets worse. And he says, no way, is this the river sticks? And you just see this sea of hands that they're going through, um, people and souls being tortured. And, and all uh, the all the water is now turning into yes. cracked fragments of, like, hands. hands. And, yeah, it's it's something out of uh, What Dreams May Come. It's pretty bad. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. Oh, I love that. Yeah. The movie creeps me out. Uh, she goes, yeah, if that's what you want to call it, sure. The myths and legends are, are, are those the real deal, or is this a choose-your-own-adventure kind of thing. Oh, hey, that's just like I was talking about. Dreams make up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and before he gets in, kind of a uh, uh, the next word out, of, a hand comes up and grabs him, and she goes, calm down, and she slices this hand right off of him. Um, she says, they can't hurt you. He says, they? Jesus, are they souls being punished? Punished by who? Death. He says, death like Hades? Like the river death has many names and you're the reaper. I kind of expected a big guy, skeleton in cloak, that whole thing. She says, there are many reapers. We all have a job to do. I'm just the person who brings you from point A to point B, but you've met death like the death. Well, I meet death. No one meets death. She says, save all the questions for intake. He says, okay, just one more question. She goes, no. He says, how did you die? She says, that's none of your business. Uh, he says something worse than a drunk, drunk driving after professing your love to the only woman you've ever really cared about. Because I have to say, it's pretty bad way to go. Did you stick a fork in the toaster? Or I don't know, the black hair, I hate the world attitude. Maybe you put the toaster in the bathtub. She goes, you talk too much. How about this? You tell me how you died and I won't say another word for the rest of the trip. I promise. Jessica says, I don't know. He says, you don't know what? She says, I don't know how I died. I know how I died, he says. Are there a lot of people who don't know? Is that normal? He promised to stop talking if I told you. I told you. So stop. He goes, okay, I'll shut up. Just for what it's worth, Jessica Harlow, I'm sorry you don't know what happened to you, he says. From there, the river sticks kind of ends, and they come into this gold glow of a thing. Um, and they come to a giant waiting room. Um, it's a giant waiting room around a big red and black sphere that looks like it's covered in names and numbers. She says, we're here. He says, this is the afterlife? And we hear number 
26,480.77. Please remain seated until your number is called. She, and he, uh, he says, it's not what I expected. And she says, usually isn't. He says, I'm starting to get the sense that death isn't really one for nuance. A literal waiting room. Jessica says, sit down, take your name and number, and, and you'll see it on the board. Someone will call you soon. That's it? You're leaving me here? But I don't know what's happening next. And he grabs onto her. And she says, someone will explain it to you. In the meantime, but a couple frames before, she takes her scythe and she kind of compacts it into this tiny little thing and stuffs it in her, in her jacket pocket. Um, from there, we see him, and he, when he grabs her, um, we can kind of see he, he reached at her, her breast pocket. He says, have a, and she says, have a good death, Brian. From there, Jessica walks away to a door, puts her hand on the, on the door, and it says, welcome, Jessica Harrow. Going down. Looks like it's an elevator, big golden thing. And she reaches into her pocket and she says, Oh, my scythe. So Brian looks like he swiped it. Uh, from there we see a bunch of other reapers. They're kind of hanging out, talking about something. They look like, it looks like a, a next, a, what do you call it? Next generation break room of some sort. There's like little, little spots for them to sit and they're talking back and forth. These two guys about how they, one of them looks like, uh, somebody and he's like, Oh, that's a compliment. Blah, 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 blah. I was born in 1876. Yeah. I'm not that old from there. Jessica comes up and she's like, uh, Eddie, Michael, Marcel, Marcel. And they say, what's wrong? Jess, did one of your souls try to convince you he's the antichrist again? Well, in that same rating room, we see like one of them's a Viking-looking dude, or no, sorry, Roman. Oh yeah, the guys are behind her, behind yeah, them. Yeah, he's like a Roman, and like the guy who's he looks like a punk rocker, like yeah. straight what up. Was it eighties, like eighties metal guy? Yeah. So like it's they're from clearly from different times, styles and yeah. times, and yeah, it's it's crazy. She says, "My th- my scythe, it's gone." He says, "Gone? What do you mean gone? Last all I brought, I think he took it." Maybe he just dropped it or put it in a different pocket. And he starts patting her down, checking her pockets. Looks like Marcel does. She says, I've checked. He took it. This is not good. If Adria finds out, I have to get it back, Jessica says. How are you going to cross the river without... Dang. Do I have Do I have to? I hate New York City. Eddie? And then he whips out his scythe. From there, we travel to New York City. Uh... We see a couple sitting there, and uh, they're getting ready to watch a movie. She, goes, he, she says, we're not watching Die Hard again. She goes, how about that? He says, how about that spy movie? That's got what's-his-name in it. She says, I bet we can think of some better things to do. And he says, what, checkers? And they start to kiss. From there, this girl freaks out, runs to the window. And he's like, what? And she goes, I thought I saw something out there. <clears throat> we see outside the window. And she goes, oh, must be nothing, just the snow. And we see Brian sitting there with Jessica Scythe. Um, and he's like, Abigail, it's me. And she looks at the window, still looking for him, and she can't see him. And he goes, uh, she she can't see me. And then we see Jessica come from the side, and she goes, that's what's wrong. The living can't see us, and we can't interact with them. We exist in a parallel world outside, but a part of it, not a part of it. Um, from there, he starts running away with her scythe, and she's like, again? She turns around, and she turns to Marcel and... Whoever this guy, I forget his name. Eddie, yeah, Eddie. Eddie. And her face is just a skull. And she's screaming, red skull. She's covered in red and black. And she says, go across, go up across the street. And uh, Marcel says, not the creepy skeleton face, Jess. I hate when you do that. She goes, don't let him get past you. And they start this pursuit of, of Brian. 
So they're running down the street, and she's screaming, Stop, there's nowhere for you to go, Brian. You don't get a choice. No one gets a choice. They run into a, uh, looks like a bunch of people kind of standing on the street corner, and she tackles him. She goes, What do you think this is? To be a reaper with no memory of lives, no idea how I died, but that's not how any of this works. And this world, this world is not for us anymore. Someone grabs Jessica, pulls her up, and it's a police officer. And he says, hey, get off the ground. What do you think you're doing? You should, oh, I should take you in for making a scene. And Jessica goes, you can see me? He says, of course I can. Get back home and sober up, will you? She goes, oh, my God, he can see me. And we see Marcel, Eddie, and uh, Brian sitting there kind of staring at Jessica, you know, uh, interacting with the police officer. From there, we have the epilogue and uh, what appears to be a giant bird cage. The best I can tell you it is, but it's got the same yellow glow from the waiting room. Oh, it does. Yeah. And we see a woman and she's uh, clipping black roses, it looks like. Or maybe yep. just, maybe just very red. No, they're, they're black. They're black. Yeah. Um, she sniffs the rose after she clips it and we see someone walking in. Miss Adria. Adria, there's an issue with the... And she says, you know the problem with trying to grow a perfect rose? And this man in this, uh, gosh, what do you call that with that white thing around the collar? It's a, it's a, oh, it's like a French frill. Yeah. Like old school. An accordion collar? Yeah, yeah accordion, accordion collar. Yeah. It's like a gestures collar, but it's not what it is. Sure. So like, but yeah. She, and he says, no, I, uh, I don't. And he said, she says, you can't do everything right. Give it water. Give it light. He says, Adria. Jessica Harrow has been seen by the living. She's crossed between worlds. And we get a full panel of this woman who is very gaunt, white hair, white everywhere. And she says, you can give a flower everything it needs to survive and grow. And yet it still rots to be continued. And that's how it ends. Um, I really liked it. I'm going to give it a four. I like the art. Um, I really liked Jessica. I think she's great. I like the concept. It's written very, very well. Um, the cover's fantastic. Uh, the waiting room, the fun little quips are really good back and forth between her and Brian. Um, I'm, I'm going to give it, like I said, a four, but ma- mainly due to concept because this is so smart. Um, very, very well written and, and uh, a, a great idea of what Heaven, the river sticks, or it's not heaven necessarily, but death as a giant waiting room and the, the river sticks and all that stuff. I, th- I think it's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 45, what do you think about the Grim? Uh, I go to four. I liked it. I like the art a lot. I like the, the concept. Um, I thought it was cool that almost, like, I felt like the art style changed drastically in the epilogue. I wonder if it was a different artist. The lines seem thinner, don't they? Seems a lot different. Yeah. Seems just drastically different in, the, in that. I thought that was... Anyway. It was pretty cool. It's but, the best book of the night. Yeah, far. I give it a four for sure. It was, yeah. really, it was, it was a cool a cool idea. Like, I mean, books about death and like... Um, like, I always thought Meet Joe Black was a really cool movie. Heck yeah. And things like that. It's like, a great film. Yeah, I always thought like just I, the idea of like different interpretations of like death and like... Going to the afterworld or, you know, afterlife and all that kind of stuff. was pretty fascinating, so it was pretty neat. I um, I want to toot my own horn because I kind of got that <clears throat> what dreams may come kind of vibe. And then he talks about your choose your own adventure. And it's like, that's exactly what, what dreams may come is like. Like he, Robin Williams kind of makes his own heaven and, and that kind of stuff. I, I, as far as score, I mean, I, I go with you guys. I, 
It's a solid four for sure. I mean, it could even four and a half. Like it's, it's a highly stylized art, but everything looks really cool. And like when her face turns to a skull, even that looks really cool. So like all the concepts in here and like the whole broken river and the, the hands, like just the way the style of it's put together is really pretty. And like as far as the series, I mean, it's, it only went back to second print. So it's, it's popular. Um, there's another version of this cover, the same cover we have, the A cover, that is a foil version of the A cover, so all this red is shiny foil. Nice. It looks awesome. I bet. Um, Jay Lee did a cover, it's really good too. Uh, there, there's actually a whole slew of covers for this thing, but yeah, as far as like, style to it, Jenny Pearson did a cover, they're, they're all good. But yeah, as far as a, as far as a book, like the content's really cool, it's got a, Really cool delivery to it. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm with you guys again before. It's it's really solid. If you guys get a chance to check it out, you really should. Um, and like I said, it's coming to second print. So if, if you missed it the first time around, you can another option try to pick it up. I really like the title page. I think that's so cool. I, oh yeah, it's very simple, but it's very gritty and 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 uh, almost like pulp, almost like pulp magazine. Yeah, same thing on the back. It's it's very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool like. Think like how movies occasionally will flash the title and it's a full screen. It's like that. Like the way it's put together. Done like a break for the sake of a break. But yeah, it was really cool. Um, four and a half. Well, let's see from there. We'll move to, uh. Uh, well, before we go any further, like yeah. that, that style of clothing is called a ruff. A ruff? Oh, the thing around the neck? Oh, with the, the guy and at the end is wearing? Good call. And it was basically what they thought designed to keep the rest of the clothing, clothing like the neckline and other parts of the, because it was a launderable, it was launderable as meaning it can be washed. It was a launderable device that kept the the neckline and other parts of the clothing that you're currently wearing clean from sweat and debris. Mm. I would assume from like the hours of thought from eating. And as time went on, it got bigger and bigger, like the more wealthy you were and the more ridiculous. But then, like, as time went on, they shrank back down and, like, they went out of style. But it was called a rough. Okay. Right. Well, it makes him period piece look like he's, I don't know, from old timey France. Yeah. Yeah. It originated. Is this the red you were talking about? It is. That's beautiful. So that whole background on her and that cover is like a, a shiny foil material. The, the, the scythe, too, is so cool because it's like a wooden. Um, handle that comes all the way up and the blade is like almost like a, a sole ether kind of blade. It's all red and, um, very whimsical m- magic looking. It's very cool. Yeah. It's mid, mid 16th Europe. So 16th century? France is in Europe. No, no. Yeah, but it just says like. Oh, so it's all over Europe. Mid, oh. Yeah. Really. But. Well, yeah, it clearly puts him in front of Also different- referred to as the millstone collar, which is because it resembled a millstone. Hmm. Interesting that they all the all the reapers and everybody who <clears throat> appears to be dead is kind of coming from different eras. So like you die and you kind of stay in that era that you perished in. At least that's the way it looks. I mean, mm-hmm. otherwise I don't know why those other guys are dressed exactly how they are. But yeah, it's it's got a cool style to it. it makes the characters very dynamic. Because mm-hmm. yeah, when that old that dude walks up, you're like, okay, clearly this is an old timey right French or British dude. So even when he talks, it's like, okay. Is this a limited series, or is it a... I, it's not listed as one at this point, okay. but, I mean, Boom and Image both do that with a batch of books. Like, it'll start out as just an ongoing, and then if it does well, it continues to do whatever, and then if it does just, I don't know, middle of the road, I guess, 
then it becomes a miniseries. I hope it does well. It, I, I really, I really did enjoy it. Now, at least at the beginning, it's popular. Enough. I hope it's a mini. I hope it's like a limited series. I don't an ongoing. I think it's, it seems like it's like a start and stop finish like thing. It, like if it's an ongoing, it'd be like now. What are they going to do? Like oh, somebody- I think there's so many things you could do with that. <laughs> so many things. I mean, this this only introduces us to you know a few characters and you know so many other reapers and so many other souls on Earth that can see these reapers. I think it could go for a very very long time. Well, as far as style, look, if we stick with that same artist, it, yeah, it can run for whatever. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Like, once you come to an answer, then that's kind of the end answer. So I guess, I guess we'll see. And the, what, we did another one from Image that was, uh, it wasn't the same idea, but it had a similar concept. It was, I don't know, probably seven, seven or eight episodes ago, maybe. It was done with, uh, it was a girl's name. And now I can't remember what it was called. Uh, was a miniseries also it dealt with her after afterlife, and she's following around a not necessarily a reaper, but kind of an angel that looked an awful lot like her. And she had this skeleton jumpsuit. Do you remember the book I'm talking about, Josh? I don't know if Tyler Vaguely. did that one or not. I don't. I don't recall that. I, I have to look it up and figure out what it was. Anyway, that's something for here in a minute. Maybe. Um, Want to move on to the uh, the next issue, The Devil's Reign? Yeah. So it tells a story about some uh, Devil's Reign Omega. Devil's Reign Omega, um, we're gonna do, there's three stories in this, but, um, two, the back two were kinda like shorter, a little bit shorter stories and like secondary, but the first one was Fallen Rise, um, it's right, written by, uh, Chip Dar- Zdarsky? Zdarsky? Mm-hmm. Isn't it Zdarsky? No, the Z is pronounced in it. It's not a real name, but yeah. It's not a real name? No, his real name is Steve. Oh gosh, I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, it's, and it's drawn by Raphael De La Tour. Um, starts off with Daredevils t- hanging out and talking to Reed Richards. Reed Richards is like, yeah, um, Kingpin disappeared, but he was in Lisbon and then he was in Zagreb. But, uh, he, like, on that path, it's, it's most likely that he, um, w- went to Latveria, which is probably why I can't see him because Victor Von Doom can like, you know, mask those things, so that's probably where he's at. He's like, I can do some more, do some more tomorrow, but, um, that's all I can do for now, cause I have, I have to get out of here, and he's like, oh, we have to find him, like, like, we have to find Fisk right now, and he's like, yeah, I know, this is important, but uh, I have to pick it tomorrow, I have to go, I have, I have to go to Matt Murdock's funeral, and, uh, Daredevil looks at Reed all, all crazy, and uh, it's weird to me, cause I would assume by now that Reed Richards knows that Matt Murdock is, Daredevil. So, yeah, I don't think when it comes to his secret identity, because of the amount of times that he's been sort of outed but not outed, I don't think there's actually that many people inside the circle that know. I mean, there's a bunch of Hell Kitchen's characters that do, but when it comes to outside that, I don't think. I just find it really, really, really hard to believe the fact that, like, if he has like tracking devices and he's tracking Wilson Fisk all over the planet, that he doesn't have some sort of DNA, like registry thing that like when you walk into his building he knows exactly who you are like i kind of find that weird to believe yeah that's a good question i don't know or he's talking to him when he says this it he's like talking trash one or the other yeah it doesn't come off that way but i mean it could be i guess it's all but anyway outside of a church um somebody's doing i don't who's the woman that's doing the oh gosh uh it's matt's ex-wife um yeah, but it never like says her name. I was looking for it. It does because uh, yeah, they do mention it. It, it a couple panels later because they ask how come uh, Foggy, Foggy didn't do, do the yeah didn't do the eulogy. 
Why who didn't? Foggy. His, uh, his law partner. Yeah, and they say he says because I thought she would do better, but I just don't know the name that they said. I think it's right next to when J.J. Jameson shows up. Kirsten. I don't know. Kirsten doesn't say last name. Though. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't so, know. I have no idea who it was. That is. Yeah. You know who Kirsten is? So it's Kristen McDuffie. Uh, she was a district attorney that constantly was after Matt about being Daredevil, and it would never let go of it being a real thing. Eventually, the two of them fall into a romance, and it turns into a pretty deep one that lasts for a little while in the comic books. I mean, at one point, the two of them move, whenever he moved his law practice to San Francisco because of other stories in the books, she moved with him, and they like had a falling romance where she like knew the truth. And like until... There's another storyline where the Purple Man's one of his children made the world forget. So kind of like Doctor Strangey made the world forget Matt Murdock and Daredevil were the same person. And when it first happens, he returns home like in his Daredevil costume, and she's like, oh, Matt's not here. And once he realizes she's not joking, he realizes what the kid did. And he's like, this is an opportunity to start fresh and give her a chance at a normal life or whatever. And so he basically breaks up with her. So uh, she leaves it brokenhearted, but it's safer for her because she's no longer in danger. And like because they're no longer connected that way, he's able to separate the two things. Relationship, relationship. So, I mean, that's who she is. Anyway, like she's giving the eulogy and talking, and then you see like the Fantastic Four walking in. Um, looks like at this point, like the short-haired red. Anyway, you see a uh, Power Man. Slash, slash Luke Cage and his family, which was Jessica Jones, his wife in the comics, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. And their kid, and they're walking in. And at this point, it looks like that he's the mayor, and they're all sitting there, like, listening to the eulogy. And Kirsten is devastated because she obviously doesn't know what we're going to find out soon. Um, you, you see J. J. Jonah Jameson show up and he's talking to Foggy and he's like, yes, I thought you, like, that you would be the one doing the eulogy. And he's just like, wow. And I thought Kirsten would do a better, the better job. He's like, thanks for coming, uh, Mr. Jameson. I'm sure Matt would have appreciated it. He's like, yeah, well, even though it was a, was a short stint to the former mayors, you know, we bond together. He's like, hey, I recorded the whole thing for my podcast. Um, have you subscribed? Just go to www. And then it like pass like you know goes on to the next thing and the district attorney's talking to uh, Jessica Jones about her, them selling the Gracie Mansion, which would be the, like which would be the uh, mayor's mayor's mansion, and she's like, "Nah, we're good where we are." And uh, he's like, "But yeah, but you're still using the the security." And she's like, "Well, it's you know just because my husband's bulletproof doesn't mean that like we can't still use that." And uh, so because they want, he's like. Wanting them to move into like the mayor's mansion, right? Because it's it'll be, and she's like, if they can find if they if, if they can find us in an apartment, they can find us in a mansion, right? And she's like, but don't fire all the officers. So I don't think you want those guys to lose their jobs. And then, as she's talking to this the district attorney, like some, somebody gets out, and he's like, ah, Mr. Mayor, I'm just here to pay my respects, and like, sure, Butch, Butch Ferris, the new kingpin of crime, wants to pay his respects, and he's all angry at him, and he find out he's like, he's like, hey, you know, hey, I I, I just wanted to. You know, my father killed him. It was a horrible act, and and uh, and he's a horrible man. I just wanted, I just wanted to. And he's like, "Yeah, forget it. I'm sorry." And he's like, and then you see uh, Iron Fist be like, "Wait, father?" And uh, Foggy, Foggy says, "You know, you know, don't you? That's why you came." 
And, uh, he turns around and he's like, yeah, I do. That's not Matt Burdock. And that Cassie, that's Mike, his brother, my best friend. He's like, well, uh, sorry, Matt told, told you and told me that you and Mike were childhood friends, but, uh, he's like, no, this is right. Mike deserves a real funeral, not a sham. People mourning his, this, his do-gooder brother that we never had a moment for him. Tell me, Nelson. Mike was pretending to be mad as a favor because the golden boy was in rehab out of town. So why isn't he here now and why can't my men find him? And, uh, he's like, the whole thing stinks. Like, I'll keep this quiet because Matt Murdock set Mike up. I'm going to find him. And what my father did to Mike is going to look like a scrap, scraped knee compared to what I'm going to do to him. And then he goes back to Jessica and, uh, Luke Cage talking. And she's like, I don't think I'm going to go to the burial. Um, I'm going to check something out. And he's, and Luke Cage is like, yeah, I'm not going to go either. This all feels wrong. And they look up on a building and you see, uh, the elect, the Electra version of Daredevil and the Matt Murdock version. They're like to stand and they're like all brooding, which is ridiculous. It's the middle of the day and they're just like, brooding dark characters. It's like, okay, well, you're going to be very noticeable during the day. But I mean, you're in also in New York, so whatever. And he goes up there and he's just like, all right, fun's all over. We played along with your funeral. So tell us, tell us, Matt, what's the point of this? He's like, well, like basically Matt's dead and the hand's taking over. And our, our whole point is the hand is going to take over the world. And we're here to take the hand down finally once and for all. And like, well, but your brother died, man. Like you need to not just like dive into the daredevil things. Like, no, like I'm, I will come. And deal with, like, my brother's murder, but, like, this has to be done first. They're discussing the whole thing, and, like, what, what, what's the right thing to do? What's the wrong thing to do? And, like, like, how are we gonna handle the situation? All of a sudden, there's, like, bank robbery, two blocks over. Now, I don't want to cut my intervention short, but, uh, Mr. Mayor, are you too important now to stop some bad guys? So then, like, Luke Cage and Iron Fist and Electro Daredevil and regular Daredevil, like, go and, like, take down some guys who think that it's okay that we, because at this point, they think that because there's no superheroes anymore, there's, there's no vigilantism allowed in New York City anymore. Um, they take down these bank robbers and all of a sudden the, uh, quote unquote thunderbolts show up and they're like a weird special crimes unit that, that I, I didn't know anything about. Again, they're built from, so the kingpin put them together as a thing when he was, when he was still mayor before Luke Cage became mayor, he put together a thunderbolts group to, basically beat the government to try and deal with these superheroes. So he's using government affiliation along with his underworld ties to go after everyone. So this batch of Thunderbolts, basically he's set up. But who's actually in charge of him? I don't think we really know that. Because I don't well, remember reading there's anywhere. Some weird but... gray, there's some weird gray-haired guy, and he's just like, yeah, this is a this is a Thunderbolt situation. And uh, Mr. Mayor, like, you know, if you're involved, I'll let this slide this time, despite being a cop hater he's like this time he's like well they didn't tell you that it takes a lot more than your wishes to overturn a law a law that the people want vigilantism in new york is still illegal and i don't work for you so let's go boys so they take the bank robbers and they move on and they're like oh no here we go so what's the next plan and then it like it flashes to um jessica jones and they were talking about a character early on like was it the who were they talking about the purple man yeah um, and about his kids, he has four regular kids and then one super powered kid. And so, 
Um, Jessica goes to the orphanage. That's when she was talking to the district attorney earlier on. Right. That's what the, that's what the other reason that he came to talk to her. And then, so she goes to the orphanage to like check on the kid, the super powered kid. And, uh, she, the, the lady that's in charge is just like, well, you know, like we're trying to do the, the best that we can. And she walks in the room and the kid, the poor kid sitting there with her straight collar, like, like one of those mutant restraint collars. Yep. A depowering collar on, and, uh, like a dog collar. And the whole time, like, her, her daughter's like, I want to go, mommy, I don't like this place. And she's like, for Christ's sake, you put a, a power call on him? And he's, and the, the poor kid's like, yeah, for my own good. And like, yeah, he, he has powers. He could be disruptive. He had to, and then Jessica just rips it off of him, which is awesome. And, uh, you could see anger in his eyes all of a sudden, and, and uh, he he obviously has the same powers as his dad because his dad is, yeah yeah and so and she, and she Jessica just like whoa 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 like just chill out I I know that you're angry but you can't just go taking people's autonomy away like you got like it's the worst thing you can do at this point your father did it to me and it almost destroyed my life you've got power Joe people are going to be scared of you don't feed into that people take like don't take away people's freedoms and and he's like well why not they took it away from me. And then, like, um, Jessica and Luke's daughter speaks up, and she's like, hi. She's like, I, she's like, I don't like it here. And he's like, neither do I. And he could see that he, like, made a, maybe made a connection, which is cool. Right. And, uh, and then it flashes back to um, their apartment, and, like, Luke's in there talking to one of his one of his, one of his guys, and, like, and he's like, hey, there, there, it's going to be a lot to have to overturn this thing. Like, we have to get the voters. Like, he's like, we can put in... um. You can draft up a repeal, but like people still have to vote on it. And he's like, "Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard things." Like, all right, well, I'll see you first thing in the morning. He was taking off his clothes, had bolt holes all over him and stuff, and he sits down in his chair and he's exhausted. Jessica Jones walks in. She's like, "Honey, are you home?" And he's like, "Yeah, thank God, I've I've had the weirdest afternoon." And she's like, "Oh yeah, same." And then she's got the kid with him, which I I kind of thought was gonna be going. And then uh, last scene is uh, at the the burial site, and uh, it's what Kirsten. Kirsten, yeah, Kirsten Duffy, who still who still thinks that it's a uh, Matt in the fe- in the casket, and she's like, yeah, uh, I hope I did okay, Matt. You're you you were impossible to sum up in a single speech. I wanted to leave leave you with something. When Fisk, when when he did what he did, he, you had this on you. I don't know what it is, but it feels like it was important to you. Maybe you even died for it. It's beautiful. There's a shimmer to it, like it's alive. I wish you could have seen it instead. Just feel it. Maybe you, maybe you can now. I'm, you know, I'm not, I've never really been religious, but my, my God, my heart is screaming to me right now, Matt. All I hear is its voice saying, you'll, you'll see him again. And then I'll be able to tell you everything I've held onto for so long. Wouldn't that just be amazing? Wouldn't that just be a miracle? And then she set the stone on, um, Matt's brother. And, and it's a, we it's, a, it's a Norn stone. Norn, N-O-R-N. N-O-R-N, yeah. Which is like a Norse mythology stone, which... Like a wishing is, stone, basically? Basically, yeah. It's part of what made Mike Murdoch real in the first place. So, original history, Daredevil doesn't have a brother. He did right. pose as a fake brother to help sell the idea of Matt Murdoch and Daredevil being separate people. And them looking the same because it, oh, it was his twin brother the whole time. So, think like classic, uh, I don't know soap opera style it was his twin brother Diego and it's you know same guy obviously but right so that that's but eventually the the Nornstone made him real it changed a piece of reality and caused him to have had a twin brother the whole life that 
took different choices, and that's why we never saw him. So hence why he's connected to the Kingpin's son. And now that the Kingpin's fled and basically left his son in charge of things. I don't know. It's been so long. I don't I don't read Daredevil, so I don't know. Right. Now it's his son Butch. But yeah, their history together as kids, part of that all came from that stone. So like, I assume that the stone being left in the, left left with him at the, at the funeral must be something to return him from the dead. Because like, Mike was pretty cavalier, like always actually. Um, so if he carried it with him in the first place. I'd assume he's not blind, right? No, he's not. Yeah, that was the main difference. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So Matt, Matt versus Mike, which that was how he also helped sell the idea that Daredevil was not him. Not just the blind thing, but because the brother wasn't blind. So yeah, it's a, uh, like I said, it's like a soap opera thing. But yeah, totally different mess of things. And like him and, so Matt and her, I think the real truth for Foggy is that he knows that Matt's not dead. And so him trying to do the eulogy would not have gone well. Right. Where she doesn't know the difference. But yeah, um, so yeah, as a story, what do you give it score-wise, Josh? Um, uh, it's it's really hard for me to give this a rating because I don't I, I don't I know so little about what's going on. Sure, I mean I really do. Like uh, two and a half, I guess. Like uh, I like all those characters. I think they, but I don't. You know, I don't really remember them doing like putting all those characters together before they just started doing all the TV shows, and so it's just like. With Luke Cage and Jessica Jones oh. and Iron Fist and like all of it, like I just think it's just like they're throwing them all together now because they were all like Netflix shows together now and they're they're gonna they're gonna go into that being a thing together more later on because I, I mean I read Daredevil a lot in the like years ago and like it was not, they weren't this regularly like together yeah until the Hires for Hire stuff happened Heroes for Hire yeah when Heroes for Hire happened. And- Daredevil wasn't necessarily a major part of it, but he was around during it. They have done a batch of Defenders books with them, but whether they were a precursor to the show happening or whether they're because of the show, it's arguable because they they did them. But again, I don't know. I mean, both yeah. times. So yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean, other than Iron Fist and Luke Cage being best buddies, and uh, him being married to Jessica, which is all things that well, they didn't they didn't marry the two of them in the show, but they at least connected them. So, like, the shows took elements of that, but yeah, that's the big difference. So, the three of them were always, like, a thing, because him and her have been married for a while. I mean, their kid's, like, I don't know, what, five? So, like, in book years, that's a long time to be a thing. Yeah, anyway, there's just, there's just so much to unravel. Like, I know that the Electra Daredevil looks super rad, like, she's a really cool character, and so, I mean, Electra was a decent character in general, but, like, putting her, like, as... Like, Daredevil, like, that costume looks really sweet. So, like, I think that that, I mean, I think that that's why this, I mean, this this book is what it is. Well, yeah. Like, Chip has been writing, he's been writing Daredevil for a while now. And, like, issue 25 is where that happens for the first time. And, like, after that, it blew up. So, like, the Electric Daredevil part definitely launched us into a different stratosphere. Um... Just in general, like it, it, the stuff was good before that. I mean, he, he wrote the first 25 issues and they're all fine, but till 25 happened, it didn't pop the same way. So yeah, that definitely made a big difference. Uh, Mr. Brown, what do you know about the, uh, the Devil's Reign Omega? I, I don't, I don't know much about this and maybe that's why I, I, I'm not impressed. Um, 
I'm going to give it a one and a half. I, I wasn't impressed with the art. I didn't even know Iron Fist was in this book, Josh, until you said that. Um, I didn't write it. Danny Rand, yeah. I didn't recognize. I don't even think they ever say Danny. Yeah, yeah I don't think they say I his just, name. I just know that it's him just from like reading the book. Yeah, I, I don't think they ever say his name. Um, I, 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 there's, a, I get that this is an Omega book, and but I feel like there's a lot. There were multiple better ways that you could have told this story and given better information um, to the reader. Um, I, I, there's, there's, yeah, I, it's, I like Duo a little bit better, so I'm going to give it a, a one and a half. I was not impressed. Um, yeah. All right. Well, as far as stories concerned, the, the first half, the first story. Well, it, yeah, vaguely right here it says Mr. Rand here speaks the truth. That's the only time you know that that would be. Mm-hmm. And then like, then they're fighting. Gotcha. Like that's right. I just, I'm like, well, there's only one blonde dude that fights that hangs out with Luke Cage. So I just kind of, it's like, <laughs> I just, I mean, that's really the only reason I knew it was Iron Fist. Sure. Literally, like, it's kind of. Yeah, it does but, require you knowing his name to make that connection. And like, it being prevalent to you. But I didn't even, I, I, as I read the book, I, like, I, you know, like, that wasn't the thing that tipped me off. I was just like, just going by like default, like, how, what are the blonde dudes that hang out with Luke Cage that know, Master, that are masters of kung fu, pretty much are like kind of yeah, that's probably right. that's part got to be Iron Fist, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's kind of why I think at the beginning of the book though as well is like the way that Mister Fantastic talks. It makes me seem like he's kind of like, and I have to go to Matt Murdock's funeral. Like he was just kind of like irritated that he has to do this thing. I feel like that he knows for some reason. There's no, I just Maybe. I find it hard to believe that he. Yeah, doesn't I, know. I can't imagine Reed doesn't know. Yeah, I don't know enough of connection wise to know if he does or not, but. It, it, you could read it either direction, I guess. And hearing your your version of it, I could see that being the truth. One too. of the most intelligent people in all of Marvel, uh, in all of Marvel, that doesn't know that like Matt Murdock and Daredevil are the same person at this point. Like, I just there's. I would just say because he doesn't have any reason to care. But he, he would still know though, like the computers and his robots and everything would tell him like what's going on. I'm not arguing the f- the fact whether he does or not. Especially if one of those stones is involved, like and that would that would probably bring him. Well, as far as the Nornstone is concerned, I'm going to say none of the other people know that he even had it because the only one that knew anything about it was her and just because she got it because she was the default girlfriend. Like, it wasn't a normal thing for the rest of them. I don't think any of them even knew he had it. Hmm. I find it highly unlikely that any of them did. Yeah, I don't know. But it's also like an odd Again, thing. it's a hard book because like, if you didn't read Devil's Reign, then you don't know what's going sure, on. Sure, yeah, yeah. That's, so. that's true, for sure. And that's where I'm at. I, I, I'm sure it's a fine book, but there was nothing... It just seems a little complicated in the storytelling. It, there's a lot of dialogue that I feel like could have been a little bit more... I feel like there could have been... Pin, te- pinpointed. There, there could have been 10 extra pages sure. in this book. I feel like the, the backup stories in this book kind of shortened like and it's an omega book it's a it's a it's a series it's, it's a mini series wrap up like the, there needs to be a little bit more like to it to me i think that was, I was frustrating to me like I it was agree. just like even though like i don't know what the heck's going on i feel like if you would have given it 10 more pages and like given it like it's just dessert like you could have gotten like a little bit more information there sure as far as like close was concerned the two backup stories i mean the first one's by jim zub and jim zub is great so, like, that story is awesome. But as far as, like, more material, yeah, I mean, you could have maybe gone through things a little bit better with with Butch. And you could have gone through things a little bit better with the, uh, even if you made the battle longer for them at the bank robbery would have been cool. So, yeah, it could have been extended a few more pages and shortened and maybe taken one of the backup stories out and used it for something else. 
because they don't really add to the they don't really add much to the primary focus of what the book is. Right. They're they're separate stories and they're just fine. I mean, one's about Luke Cage being mayor and the other one's about him t- teaming up with Spectrum. So like, they're more Luke Cage stories, but do they need to be in this book? I mean, maybe if you were doing a Luke Cage Mayor New York book, then I guess it makes sense there. Which he is supposed to be getting a miniseries. Um, it's been delayed quite a lot because they originally advertised it. I think, gosh, back in December, I think. But it's been pushed off till maybe August. So like. It's way down the road. But as far as score, I mean, I, I give I give it a three and a half. But I I know a lot more about the story than you guys do, so like that is probably the difference for me because I think all that stuff is neat. Um, art's decent. I mean, because we have the backups, there's a bunch of other stuff in there too. But when it comes to just the first part, the first story, I don't feel like anything that the chip has done with the Daredevil so far has been bad. Like it's been it's all been interesting. So like. The setup they're talking about with the hand also comes to the first point when she became Daredevil. Um, just before that, before she put on the costume, the whole reason she put on the costume is that she winds up breaking into the hand's facility, killing a bunch of ninjas, because that's what she does, and eventually she finds this magical book. And the magical book has how you destroy the hand inside of it. Not just the ninja group, not just the faces, but all the mystical, magical nonsense that goes on with the hand. And the book's got all the answers to destroy everything. And, like, she winds up getting kind of beat up. And in the process for escaping, Stick shows up, the guy who trained Daredevil, and rescues her. Well, it turns out, according to the passage in the book, it takes two to destroy the hand. And so she's like, well, I have to go get Matt. Like, that's the only option. And it does make it sound like one of them has to die. So when she goes to collect Matt, she breaks into the prison, which he's in jail as Daredevil. Which in real life, though, would never be a thing ever. Cause he's not in dare, he's not in jail as Matt Murdock. He's in jail as Daredevil. Like they fully made him a jumpsuit colored Daredevil mask to be Daredevil in prison. And Matt's decided that's silly. It's, it's because the Kingpin was mayor in New York. He made it happen. And like every night, Matt winds up fighting a bunch of gangsters in prison to keep himself alive. So ultimately the Kingpin put him there to die. But Matt's decided that if he goes through the whole... Again, he's Daredevil. Like, if he's in prison, he can see in the dark, and he can just beat people up all he wants. Well, yeah, but Kingpin doesn't know he's blind. And he doesn't... As far as his abilities and powers, I mean, there's only so long before... I mean, he's been It's like the Hancock movie where, like, Hancock goes to prison, and it's, like, completely pointless. It's just like... I mean, well... That's what I'm saying. That's a pointless story at that point. Daredevil can still get beat up. It doesn't matter. Someone pitched that story and was like, oh, yeah, but how are we going to get him to still hold his identity if he's in prison? That... No. I'm sorry. And he can escape anytime he wants because yeah, he's still Daredevil. Yeah, that's so dumb. But he's decided to stay on purpose because he believes the people will side with him and exonerate him. It's a whole comeuppance to show the mayor in New York. What did you say? It's a whole comeuppance kind of story. Comeuppance? Yeah. Yeah, comeuppance. Like, you get your comeuppance. He's trying to prove to the kingpin that he's right, regardless of what the kingpin thinks. Get what you deserve. Exactly. So he's decided to stay in prison. He's so, elected to stay. So it's Hancock. It's literally Hancock. Does Hancock elect same, to stay? Yes, he does. Yeah, yeah. yeah same, same, same story. He can fly. It's been a long time. And he's, super, he's basically Superman. Well, I remember the character. Dressed as Will Smith. I just don't remember all this story. Yeah, there's one time basketball goes over. He like pounds a basketball and it goes oh, over. And he yeah, yeah. jumps over, grabs it, and he comes back. Yeah, yeah. I remember that part. But yeah, as far as like a thing, while that's happening, Elektra shows up. She's like, come on, get out of here. We got to go do this thing to kill the hand. And he's like, you don't understand. Like, I'm doing this for a reason. And it's written way more elegantly than me trying to explain it. Me trying to explain it makes it sound funny. Or childish or silly. 
But in the process of that, he's like, you don't understand what it's like to be me. And she's like, I can do what you do. Hell Kitchen needs a Daredevil anyway. So she goes home and blunts her size, puts on a costume, and basically takes over being Daredevil to show Matt Murdock she can do it too. So it's like a whole, like, in-your-face kind of thing. But it's written way more elegant than my explanation. And her costume looks amazing. I believe you. So, as far as the shortening of that, this whole hand-taking of the world thing comes from a storyline prior to all this stuff happening. And that's what the hand has been pushing for in the first place. So it's a pretty big deal, but it comes from, like, I don't know, now, like, probably 13, 14 issues back. Because Devil's Reign was six issues, carrying this one seven, and that was issue 25. So her finding that out was maybe issue 23. And that series ran 30, 30 plus issues. Anyway, it doesn't necessarily matter in time. It's a bigger deal than the way it sounds just coming off of the one issue. But yeah, I don't know, as far as the thing, if you, if you like Daredevil stuff at all, there's gonna be a new number one following this storyline. It's still gonna be Chip Zdarsky writing it. It's gonna be Marco, Ch- Marco Cicchetto doing the art. He is fantastic. Now, he didn't do any art in this book, but uh, he's been doing the regular Daredevil run, and he did the regular uh, Devil's Reign run also. He is awesome. Well, as far as books, I think that's all we have for books, right? Anything else about the Daredevil or anything? Nah. Okay. Uh, so we'll go ahead and run the uh, interview. This is again with, with Greg Racine and James Fox. Uh, they're the Ocular Shift Boys. And uh, I want to thank the guys for taking the time to hit me up and do the interview with us out in the uh, out in Rhode Island. I apologize for it taking so long to get it out there in the world, but there were some sound issues with that chip, and so it took a minute to... It sounds it sounds really good, actually. The, originally, the chip just didn't read things right, and I don't know what it was doing. I had to convert it from an MP3 to a WMA to be able to do anything with it. That's weird. Yeah, I don't understand. Like That file was kind of corrupted, and the Jimmy Palmiotti one's corrupted, too. But hmm. like both of them managed to recover afterwards. It doesn't matter why. At the end of the day, I want to thank the guys for taking the time. We're going to run that interview now, and uh, we'll be back with you here in just a second. This is Steve Top Bob Cox Podcast here at the Rhode Island Comic Con 2021, and I'm here with... Greg Racine. And James Fox. You guys are from the book... Ocular Shift. Excellent. As far as books, guys, where can we find your books? So you just told me about a Kickstarter for the just finished up. Where can people get your book if they missed the Kickstarter? So if they mix the Kickstarter, we're going to be selling it online starting next week on our website, redlinecollab.com. Uh, that's red like the color, line like the shape, and collab like the first six letters of collaborative, uh, .com. So uh, it's a play on, uh, we've worked together for a long time. James is our artist, but he actually wrote a book. I edited for him, uh, and I I was in charge of the red lines. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Ha, I see you play on words. A lot of red lines on my book. <laughs> Very good. Well, I mean, tell me a little about the book. Uh, let's do that first, and then uh, we'll get a little more about both of you guys. Absolutely. So, yeah, tell me about the p- short pitch for the book. So this is a cyberpunk sci-fi thriller. It's set in a dystopian future. Uh, set in a vertical city called Mezo City. We're looking, you know, a few thousand years out in the future. There's been a celestial event. We're thinking a supernova that's come in. It's shifted everybody's eyeballs, so they're all distorted, disfigured. Um, and it's left this strange, stratified society. Uh, and at the bottom end, it's these graffiti artists that are our protagonists. And at the top end, it's this high magna art and architects. Uh, but at the top end, none of them have the eyesight, and they've realized that at the bottom end, these graffiti artists have these incredible eyeballs. 
so the real driving force is this, uh, these bounty hunters that are going throughout the city hunting down the graffiti artists and ripping out their eyeballs uh, and selling them on the black market uh, for top dollar. So that's, yeah, that's the thousand-foot view. Our main character is called Theo. His tag name is Ahab. We're bringing in a lot of themes from Moby Dick and also from, like, the Old Testament. We're trying to get really, uh, you know, really literary with it. It's a real story-driven piece, so it's been a lot of fun. We've got 12 issues lined up. Our first one was just successfully funded on Kickstarter, like I said. second one is coming out in January. Uh, but it's a story-driven piece. The artwork is incredible. The podcast, I'm, as a writer, I'm excited to be, you know, <laughs> the podcast because I can actually talk. But the artwork speaks for itself. The artwork is absolutely incredible. James did the artwork for us. Well, James, like, influence-wise, what style, I mean, where do you draw your style from, man? Ooh, let's go. Um, so we start with Frank Frazetta. Um, we go to Mobius, um, heavy metal, huge influence. Um, oh, God, um, The Biz. Um, man, then we, um, uh, Graffiti. Straight up graffiti has been a, a constant in my artwork, uh, doing skateboards, sunglasses, uh, painting murals through the years. Um, and then I wanted to just take those old styles, you know, from that I grew up with and, uh, and incorporate it into a really awesome, cool kind of noir, sci-fi, cyberpunk, uh, you know, um, pirate, pirate, sort of vision of this like dystopian future and, and turn take a spin on it where the, 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 the main character is a graffiti artist and where does it go with that and then take the skateboarding culture and incorporate that into it too mix it all together with the higher end of the both things together kind of cyberpunk thing going on too yep. from the looks of your bounty hunters yeah. mm -hmm. definitely some cyberpunk sort of yeah and that was so it started out as this sort of just noir graffiti um, concept and Greg sort of said, "Hey, you know what? Why don't we up the up the ante and turn it into kind of like cyberpunk, more sci-fi, and everything just clicked together on that. You know, reinvented the characters into that world, and uh, it just all made sense." Well, yeah, as far as like packages, I mean, you guys said you had twelve issues planned out. That's really awesome. Yep. I mean, how did you guys get to be? What made you decide this is the avenue to try to do? Oh, uh, well, let's see. So my avenues, um, so, you know, early in life, I wanted to write a comic book, left that, and then I came around and I was painting a lot and I was like, wanted to do murals, and then I started to get into skateboards, and then um, I wrote a book about graffiti, because I just love graffiti, and Greg helped me on it, and I was sitting there one day and I was like, you know, writing isn't really my avenue. And, uh, and I was like, I, I should write a graphic novel. You know, it would blend everything together, everything I learned from Greg about writing and the art that I'm doing right now is lending itself to that look. And I just called Greg up one night after a few beers and I was like, Greg, you want to write a graphic novel about cyberpunk? And he, Greg said, I'm in. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah, and we just wrote it. And it evolved in like, you know, it went from one idea, which I actually started 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I, I did five pages, and I can actually show you some of the pages that I drew. Even even more. It was like, yeah, about 10 years ago, I'll show you the pages that I grew, uh, drew, um, what it started out as. And then once I made a commitment to it, because it was like, oh, I'm going to write it, oh, I'm going to write it, nah, nah, nah. And, you know, it was like, sit down and do it. 
and then Greg was on board and I knew that alright this is going to go this is just going to go and it just evolved through through the COVID period because you know sure. time in your hands and uh Boom, found Procreate and blended the, you know, drawing with the technology and it just all clicked. Yeah. That's awesome, guys. I mean, as far as stuff, okay, so you told me where you find stuff and then you guys, the Kickstarter, so here in a couple months, we should see up on the website. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as like stuff, where do you get your inspiration from, man? You have, what, what stuff do you like? So, my background is all like, literature uh i have an english degree i loved reading you know long format novels poetry you know so like a lot of like the literary inspiration here is like i said moby dick i really love the language building so i got you know i you know obviously you can't talk about language building without talking about tolkien uh you know he created his own Uh, i really loved clockwork orange because he's pulling in pieces of vocabulary uh and creating this really a whole new language that you could still read and understand but you had to spend some time thinking about it and figuring out oh, what are they really saying here and it really made your brain work so I've tried to very rich style language yeah I've tried to incorporate that a lot into it uh, so you know the inspiration for me uh, is always the language behind it I love you know I love the dialogue part so you know when James called me up he said hey I have this idea I need you to write for a, a graphic novel and comic book I was like Hell yeah, I just get to do dialogue all day. Uh, now he's taught me how to draw enough enough to be dangerous, so I'm doing yeah. storyboarding a little nice. bit so I can lay out a scene. Hey, this is this is where the characters are and this is how the action is moving, which has been fun for me to, you know, expand my you know, my vocabulary as an artist. Oh yeah, well of course. What's your go to karaoke song? <laughs> Who wants to go first? Uh, uh, oh it's got um, I'm gonna go with um, uh, almost anything Billy Joel. Billy Joel? <laughs> yeah, Billy Joel. <laughs> We're going there. Yeah. Small Town Girls, what he's got over here. That's awesome. Uh, uh, yeah, well, that might be a little bit too late. Uh, <laughs> too late? I like the, yeah, I like the early ones. Yeah. Let me give you, um, how about, um, uh, oh, God. Whoo, where am I going with this? Uh, Billy Joel, how about uh, uh, Big Shot? How about that one? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Good one. Yeah, yeah. Big Shot. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. The only person that can get me to do karaoke is my wife, and the only song I'll do is an incredibly creepy version of Baby It's Cold Outside. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Holiday classic. Creepy or not. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So if you're stranded on a deserted island, and you only take five items with you, what five items would you take? I always carry a jackknife anyways. you got to have that on a desert island. It would have to be a pencil and a notebook. Probably a shovel. And uh, I guess that number five would have to be private. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that, that'll work. It can also be people. You can make it a person. People? Oh. You can be a person, too. Uh, All right, what do you got, partner? I got um, definitely definitely a supply of uh, pens- mechanical pencils, paper mechanical pencils, leads. Is that two? Uh, okay, one. Uh, definitely a, a pack of... Um, Sketchbooks, right? Sketchbooks. Um, as two, um, oh man, uh, God, two. That's two. Where am my third one? Um, a supermodel. Um, that's three. Um, four would be. Uh, uh, oh, my my Ray Bans. My Ray Bans. Four, right? I gotta have my Ray Bans. Good product um, placement there. I, I, know, I know. I'm very. I'm very, I want to pay for Ray Ban one day. Um, 
And, uh, oh, what is that, four? Four. Um, and, um... You have room for one more supermodel. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know, sunscreen, probably. <laughs> sunscreen. That is a yeah. very wise choice, yeah. sir. Sunscreen. As a person who has a problem, I have a problem with the sun, so I, I understand. Sure when, when I'm rescued, that my skin is still, you know, baby smooth. <laughs> very good. The last one, guys. If you lived in fantasy land, would you ride a chocolate pony? Would I ride a chocolate? Would I ride a chocolate? I think it'd get too, like, sticky, you know, on my butt. You know, it's like, I don't, the chocolate chocolate smearing all over me. I'm not, unless, like, there was a girl sitting on it, too, then I guess it's okay. <laughs> the chocolate pony sounds disgusting, and I'm here for that. Wow. Wow, you got to think a little bit, you know. <laughs> well, excellent, fellas. Well, appreciate taking the time to talk with us. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. And uh, again, I want to thank Greg and uh, James for taking a minute to talk with us and look into their book, check out their website, and hit them up as far as a cyberpunk, post-apocalyptic future, cool stuff. Um, they're both really great and awesome guys to talk to. They were real, real cool with me and Bob when we were out there in uh, Rhode Island. Let's see, so from there, the uh, lesson of the day. What did you learn today, Mr. Brown? Um... I learned. I learned. I learned that. Uh, I learned that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, feel, I still feel really proud that I called that whole. Uh, um, what did I say earlier? What dreams may come, kind of moment in the, in the, oh, yeah, yeah. in the, in the, in the Grimm book. I think that's really cool. Um, yeah, I. I, um, I don't know if I learned anything. Oh, I, oh, I learned Iron Fist's last name, Rand. Oh, hey, there you go. I don't know much about Iron Fist, so. I'm Danny Rand. That's Danny Rand. There you go. I knew Danny. I think I would have recognized Danny if I was reading it, but they said Rand, and I was like, oh. Right, yeah. Is that short for Randy? I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Right. You know, there's a, yeah, there's a slew of Marvel characters. That happens in Spider-Man books a lot, too, actually. Uh, Mr. 45, what'd you learn today? Matt Murdock has a brother. Oh, yeah. Good call. That's true. That's true. what I learned today? You learned about the stone. What was it called? The, the Norn Stone? Norn Stone. That is true. Yes. Weird Norse mythology. Norn, Norse. Ha. Yeah, it's got to be Norse, yeah. yeah, yeah. You said that, and I was like, that's got to be Norse. No, no, yeah. it, it is. It is. Uh, yeah, weird stuff. Weird stuff. All right. Uh, so we got any, uh, do we have any action figure news? I mean, we talked about a little bit of stuff randomly through the show. Um, that was on air, but um, there's a... Some two packs coming out. They're the one twelve scale. Supposedly it's Street Fighter versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So yeah. it'll be um, what did I say? Ken versus Donatello, Leonardo versus Ryu, Chun Li versus Raphael, and Michelangelo versus Guile. Guile is that what I said? Yep. Mm-hmm. Or is it Raphael versus Guile? Anyway, it doesn't And they're like the original like um, comics de- comic designs of. The turtles, right? But if they're one twelve scale, it's cool because then you can put them with your GI Joes. Like, uh, well, he did that one Ryu figure before with the Capcom versus, and it was pretty cool. Well, yeah, it's four inches though. It's right behind. Uh, it. That's true. But like with with your new like twelve the, the you know, six inch scale GI Joes, yeah. Because like there was the GI Joe Street Fighter figures like all through like all through the nineties whole, whole line. Yeah, they did a whole bunch of them. Of oh, the nineties, yeah. like, uh, yeah, they did. 
Well, they did Balra. Well, yeah, they did quite a few of them. Yeah, Ryu Kin, Balanka even had one. Mm-hmm. He didn't look that different because he was shaped like regular G.I. Joe, but they, they did one of them anyway. So yeah, there's a whole batch of different ones they did. Chun-Li, she had at least two figures, actually, because that one with a really crazy costume. I, I don't remember why that was that way, though. She's had multiple costumes. Yeah. For sure. This was, this was a wild one, the G.I. Joe figures, but... But yeah, like, I don't know, the picture you showed me earlier, they're pretty cool. And then the John Favreau thing, that's pretty cool. Man, that John Favreau figure looks great. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> Star Wars black figure. <laughs> that's yeah. so cool. It looks awesome. Him as a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. Yeah, so other than that, like, uh, I talked about it a million times, but I, I don't know who listens, so it doesn't really matter. But Acid Rain figures are amazing, but they, the upcom one of the upcoming convention exclusives is just, it, I can't tell side by side because I don't know, but it's the original Soul. Commander, like the Soul Trooper, like the original, original one that, that came out. Oh, crazy. But it's like on like a, like a, it comes with a package, you know, not just a little box. But yeah. I can't, I, with looking at the pictures online and looking at my version, I don't know the difference. Oh, gotcha. And there was version one and version two because they did a re-release and the version two is a little slightly different. They'd, they'd fix the joints and stuff a little bit. Gotcha, yeah. So even then, I don't, and I have one of each, I don't know the difference. So I don't, visually, I don't know. So right. I don't, but there, it, it's one of the exclusives and they're doing some, like those weird stuffed, like the weird costume ones that you like. Oh yeah, the crazy like yeah, I don't even know what you call those. They're now. doing another one of those, like one or two more of those too. I, I'm so anyway, but like that that one, the Soul Commander is it just the figure is called the Soul Commander. So I don't, I'm not sure what the deal with that is, but I mean it looks cool on package, but I sure. don't you know I don't want to play um like you know con exclusive prices for a figure that I have like four of already. Right. They just it's not actually different. That just like showed up, came out regular. Right. Yeah, but. Yeah. All that Asterian stuff is really cool, and I guess if it's one you missed, then that's cool, but if it's the same, there's not really a reason for for you to chase it, but I, I never got one of those, so I guess I could see me looking for one, maybe. I'm like 9,000% sure you have one of those. I might, I guess. Yeah. I bet you do. I know that you do, because I got you one. Did you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'll guarantee you have one somewhere. All right, well, uh, you got any books to watch? I just want to shout out again, Gary, what is book that came out today? Um, Batman Fortress. I plan on reading it Friday. Want to have a little more time, but uh, came out today. Uh, reviews are reviews are really good. So, what is it Batman Fortress? Um, Gary, what is a writer I like? He wrote uh, Rogue One. Um, does a, does a couple of shows that I enjoy. Uh, he also wrote Book of Eli. So I'm, oh, okay. I'm a big fan of his. But uh, yeah, Fortress came out today. I guess from what I understand, it kind of is just the beginning. Um, it's eight part miniseries. So yeah, yeah, it's apparently this doesn't get into the full what needs to be done in the story. It's more about him cleaning up Gotham. But uh, I'm, like I said, very excited to read it Friday. So go buy that. Yeah. Um, well, Mandalorian's going to be getting his own comic book. There's a miniseries. All right. So uh, we're getting an official Mandalorian storyline in the comics, not just a weird cover. Which with the cover was great. Uh, he had uh, one of the. 50th anniversary covers that they did on uh, Darth Vader issue number 20 uh, was a cool variant. They did actually twice. They printed the variant twice. Um, one with a gold border, one with a silver border. 
Uh, but he's going to use his own proper book, and so that should be pretty cool. He's supposed to deal with um, some runnings in with, I guess, they, I think I don't think it's actually IG-88. I, I think it's a different robot, but it's the same style. Uh, but the couple covers they put out look really cool. I think that's super neat just because it's, you know, Mandalorian-flavored, so I think that's great. Um, so I think that'd be really cool, so watch for that. Uh, we had Obi-Wan Kenobi Book 1 come out. Uh, it's cool. Um, it's pretty cool. And as far as, like, miniseries is, it's a miniseries too, so both those guys are five-part miniseries. Um, kind of normal. Star Wars does a bunch of those, so. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what that looks like when it comes out. There's a bunch of cool covers for The Mandalorian. There's so many cool covers. Uh, but yeah, with that in mind, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the show's getting ready to drop this weekend, so that's also pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, as far as other books, I- I'm still trying to tell people about that, uh, after school issue that's gonna come out from, uh, from Sky Skybound, uh, it's a Mark Kirkman's imprint over at Image. It's awesome dealing with uh, a young girl coming of age style, also with a dog that's an alien that builds meat ships. It, I, it's great. I know we're past the news, and I forgot all about it. Did you see that Frank Miller's going to come back to Sin City? Yes, he's started his own company actually. Yeah, Frank Miller presents. Yeah, and uh, yeah, that was Sin cool. City. Since he's getting another run, and so is uh, was Ronan. Ronan, that's what it was, yeah. There's some test pictures out from Ronan, and they, they look They looked awesome. cool, yeah. So good. I forgot to ask you about that during the news, because I was like, I know CBS heard about this. Cause yeah. That's exciting. Well, that's the company. Uh, so a couple couple weeks ago, we mentioned uh, the starting of the company. Dan Dio is uh, working as publisher, go figure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, there's been some I- images come out uh, for the Ronan book, and they look great. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, my understanding for that is that Apparently, Frank's had a few stories in the bag before that, and they just never came back to it. And now he wants to go deal with it because it's something that hasn't been messed with by other companies. Sure. So, uh, yeah, the couple of test pictures look really cool. So I think that'll be neat. I mean, as far as uh, pieces, I don't necessarily think Frank's really slipped so much in writing. I mean, I'll give you I don't necessarily like Master Race as much as I like DK1. Sure. But, I mean... It, it's hard to beat that guy just because of what it is. Like Dark Knight, yeah, the first one is three, just three, 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 three was tough. Right, it was tough. It's yeah, it's hard. So like, it'll be interesting to see what this new stuff is. Um, but yeah, so I mean, that'll be something to look for too. Frank Miller's presence. Yeah, I guess that is something to look for. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Cool. Uh, anything else? No, sir. Um, so this news just popped up that we didn't talk about early on. Huh. Unless I was asleep and didn't pay attention, but there is a. New horror movie. I saw that. Based off Winnie the Pooh. I saw that. Called Winnie the Pooh Blood and Honey. Blood and Honey, yeah. Um, it's a slasher film. Oh. It says that the rights have- It's an independent feature from Rise, um, Freak Waterfield. The film released a batch of images Wednesday showing off its morbid content reminiscent of the Bloodfield slashers of yesteryear. I guess Winnie the Pooh became a public thing well, in January. It's a public domain. Yeah. Yeah. Because, um, you know, it wasn't a Disney property right. initially. Like, right. It was written by... About. Anyway, I, I uh, the images look pretty bizarre. So... More honey, more problems. It just reminds That's me of a... funny. It right? Just, it just reminds me of a meme I've seen a bunch of times, which is like Pooh and Piglet walking off into the distance. Oh, yeah. Together and just is like, and this is when Piglet realized, as they walked into the distance alone, that Pooh had a no pants on, <laughs> and it makes me laugh a little bit. But also, it's just like, but also, I've seen some weird things, like fan fiction things that people have been like, how basically, uh, Piglet is scared 
the reason that Piglet is so scared is because, like, the other ones are just, like, constantly, like, messing with him. Like, like he's in, like, he's in, like, his own, in a prison, basically, and, like, the, all the other characters are just messing with Piglet the entire time, and he's just, like, <laughs> insanely terrified. There's a lot of weird Winnie the Pooh stuff, for sure. It's like, crazy. Yeah. But, I don't know. I thought I was like, wow, this is weird. I stumbled upon it, so that's it. Yeah. Uh, social medias. K a z a. K a z a m a k i l l e r. That is me. Kazama Killer. That's correct. What's Kazama? You know what Kazama is. I know. It's Jin Kazama from Tekken. Oh, they got the flame pants. That's correct. Good job. See, he knows. He does know. Forty-five year. Um, I'm at Wendell24, W-I-N-D-L-E-24. And I'm Top 5 Comics CBS, or Top 5 Comics Podcast, which in theory you should know that too. Just Google Top 5 Comics. Yeah. Just yeah. stumble upon pretty much everything. Pro- yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, the Top 5 Comics CBS, uh, art stuff, pictures from conventions, a bunch of different pictures from different shows and things. So We didn't talk about Gore the Butcher, so we can save that for... Maybe next one, since it'll be a little closer to the... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some Thor stuff. Yeah, some Thor stuff, for sure. Should be awesome. Mm-hmm. Trailer looks fantastic. It does. I agree. Even the second one, the new one? They're awesome, too, yeah. Yeah, both of them. Have you the seen what? the second one? The second one. The second, second trailer. trailer. Yeah. Yeah. Looks awesome. Looks great. I probably saw it before you guys. Probably. probably. Just because like, I, I wake up super early. Everything's yeah. like art. Cool. Yeah. Right. Top Gun 2 comes out. Tomorrow. 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 Season As we're recording this, so like by the time this comes out, it'll, it'll be out. It'll be out. Yeah. It'll be out just freshly, so I'm pretty excited about that. Heck yeah. Mm-hmm. I suppose it got, it still has insanely high ratings. Good. I was just looking because I was looking for, um, directors for us to do for either next week or, you know, directors we haven't done on, um, never been done. Um, the guy who directed the same guy that did Tron 2, Tron Legacy. Right. So if anything, at least I'm sure it'll be gorgeous. Like I, I Tron 2's. Yeah, it's a good looking movie. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, again, though, like, it had like a, a hundred plus, um, reviews, reviewers, and it was like at a 98%. 98, yeah. No, I, which I, is insane for like, like er, for early reviews, for early reviews. Like yeah. No, I think it's going to be great. I really because critics are usually pretty, mm-hmm. eh, especially when it's like a kind of like a re, like a sequel slash like this many years later. But yeah. like, it, I guess it's incredible story wise and visually. So I'm, I hope it's really really good. Like I hope that it is. Like that's my 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 whole thing. So. I'm very excited. Heck yeah! I'm excited for you to go to the theater finally, Josh. Yeah, I haven't been for a long yeah, time. So a long time. I haven't been since uh, I went and watched that. Last night, night so last night so yeah, yeah. yeah in October. Okay. Tiki? Tiki! Tiki! Tiki.